Sean Payton, I mean, they were on the hook for this whole tampering thing because uh, they were talking to Sean Payton. Well, for like two years. The <laughs> they wanted Payton for two years. Yeah, I think they went after someone else, and that didn't work out. They definitely wanted Dable, and he, but they didn't offer him because they were trying to wait on a big name. Yeah, McDaniel's like the fourth guy, so it might actually work. <laughs> they didn't exactly. Want <laughs> the, the, the reason this team, this franchise, would be uh, you know inclined to have success is because it, it wasn't their idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wanted to dump Tua, probably in the worst way. Yeah. So uh, when he wins the MVP this year, I mean, the reason it'll have worked out is because the Miami Dolphins didn't want to have anything to do with it. They were all in on Watson. And now we see what Watson's going to be. This is going to be a whole disaster all year long. Yeah. Two is a consummate pro who they didn't want, so he might work out with the coach they didn't want, so they might work out like gangbusters. <laughs> That's the one thing that really gives me rise for hope, though. I mean, if you've been watching this franchise over the last 20-plus years, you talk about fuel by self-sabotage. Yes. That is. That's true. You're a Miami Dolphins. That, that should be on the billboard. Miami Dolphins. Fueled by self-sabotage. <laughs> the time. Wake up with Defoe. Joined by Luby. Welcome to the Defoe Show. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. Great to be with you on this fine degenerate Friday. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz here on South Florida Live with you till 9 o'clock this morning. And then, of course, we have a little after hours where today, I believe, if this works out, and I think it will, we are going to actually interview a sitting U.S. senator. That's right. Luby, with his affection and his affinity and, uh, you know, wanting to support all the platforms of Marco Rubio. No, no, he's going to invite <laughs> Rubio on a show. We're hoping it's year out with Rubio. It's about time. Is that true? I saw something uh, posted on social media by Val Demings that uh, she was ahead in the polls against mm-hmm. Rubio. Is that possible? Yeah, even in Fox polls, she's ahead. But again, we know what polls yeah. mean. We know what polls mean. We've all learned. We don't worry about polls. But it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see an actual race where Rubio doesn't just walk into another, what, two years or whatever. Well, who's he been running against? I mean, how did this guy beat anybody? That's one of those things where you look, uh, you know, Maybe you play some uh, schmink in tennis and a guy who has no game whatsoever and he somehow ends up winning. And uh, you're looking at yourself afterwards and thinking what a complete and utter failure you are as an athlete. And you're asking yourself, how on earth could I lose to this guy? But it happens. And uh, I I don't know. I don't know who he's beaten in the past, but uh, let's hope there's a possibility there. No, uh, Patrick Leahy. Is he a kicker for the Jets? Yeah, doesn't it sound like it? Yeah. We'll be uh, joining us on our Believe podcast later on, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, longest sitting uh, U.S. senator, is he not? Uh, John Conyers, I, I think, held that title for a long time. He was like 100 years old, and he was in office. And I remember like in the third grade, uh, we had to do some political science project uh, in the third grade. And I think I was assigned to uh, do something on John Conyers. And uh, now I'm 71 years old, so think about that. That's like 60 years ago. And the guy uh, just checked out uh, not that long ago. I want to say John Conyers. Remember this guy? Yeah, I know the name. John Conyers. I think he was somewhat reputable. I, I don't know. I don't remember what I said about him in the third grade. But it probably was a very intelligent and well-thought-out approach to analyzing his political career. I'm sure. Uh, in this case, this is an easy one. Rubio is a clown, and uh, we're hoping that this Val Demings uh, wins. But uh, Leahy's going to join us on our Believe podcast uh, later on. So we do delve into a little serious politics. I don't know how serious we'll get, but... Uh, you know, he, he was around. He came into office in the hippy dippy year of like 1974. So this guy's been through a lot. He's seen a lot of change. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
just talking with this guy. We only have like seven minutes with him, but uh, I, I don't know. Is that enough to get into the evolution of politics over the last 50 years? Probably not. I'm not trying to he get He does political. it in a book, though. Yeah, I just want to hear his story and the stories he's had. He's been around a lot. Has to be very interesting, huh? I mean, uh, I, I, wow. I mean, well, what a you know large uh, array of uh, various presidents that he's been in the Senate, uh, you know, uh, while uh, they've been in office, including, of course, the last one. Uh, that, that was a real Looney Tune uh, there. And uh, I, I'm starting to sense that maybe, I, I don't know. I mean, everybody's waiting for the Trumpster to announce that he's going to run for president. Are there odds on that? Because, uh, you know, the, with this mounting pressure from the legal system, uh, why hasn't he just already said, hey, listen, I'm running for president, and that's it, right? You would think he would already have uh, put his uh, hat in the ring, as they say, but uh, I, I don't know. He, he may be putting his fanny in the can instead. It's kind of interesting the way this whole thing is uh, playing out. I mean, wh- whether it's the documents, the Georgia thing, uh, the business with the tax evasion in New York for his company, where you have to think that CEO is about to say something about old Donnie boy. That uh, maybe he's getting a little bit, uh, as the doctor says, when you come in there and he's about to do something, actually administer some kind of treatment. Mr. Lubitz, you may feel a little bit of discomfort. <laughs> yeah, like a high hard one yeah, right up your rear end. I mean, here, here you go. Why did you just shove a brick in there? Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I think this is going to be big today, and, and we're going to get into it pretty quickly because uh, we have an array of people coming on the show on a Degenerate Friday. And we're back to like a full-blown Degenerate Friday cast here. Uh, we, we've lost touch with, with Jersey Kyle. I don't know where he is. Uh, last thing I saw from him, he was in New Jersey. But um, I don't know. Does he ever make a comeback on the show? What do you think, Louie? you think he ever buys a computer and, uh, you know, gets into the modern era here? Or does he uh, just say forever, that, oh, I don't have time. What, what do you think? I could see the Polly man before Jersey for some reason, even though Jersey's actually less inept than Polly. Polly seems more engaged than Jersey. Jersey seems like he's sort of moved on. I don't think Polly man has. I think Polly man still would love to be involved. He just is Polly man. Uh, Jersey, I feel like he has moved on and is not really thinking about this Being world. Being on shows anymore? anymore? Yeah. yeah. yeah those deal Volkswagen checks dried up. But, uh, uh, no. <laughs> you you believe thing. that's at the root of it? That's another thing. Capital? <laughs> I don't think so. What happened to friendship? What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, All right. Well, we'll, uh, you know, see maybe down the road. Every now and then I fantasize about, uh, you know, uh, having that situation uh, come back around and having uh, Kyle join us on these uh, Degenerate Fridays. But I, I believe today is going to be bigger than the uh, release of the Britney Spears Elton John collaboration. Where, uh, I mean, and that's drawing headlines all over the place, right? But what are they doing? Rocket Man? I mean, they, they came out uh, <laughs> to do a duet together. Okay. Tiny Dancer, is that the song that they did uh, together? Tiny Dancer. Yeah, that, 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 Tiny Dancer. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm an Elton John fan. I was when he first came out. Uh, look, yeah, you can't deny uh, that this guy's uh, an incredibly uh, talented performer. And, uh, you know, always seemed to be on, uh, I don't know, has he been involved in any negative controversies, Elton John? I mean, I years think ago. So. People, what, what happened, man? When I he mean, was. Uh, nothing, nothing indecent with little no, children no, or anything, no? No, 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 no. no. Okay, because uh, we, we wouldn't want to embrace her. Is Hold Me that. Closer a redo? Are they, is that a redo, Hold Me Closer? Okay, yeah, yeah, Tiny Dancer, whatever that thing is, right? Isn't that the song? Hold Me Closer, Tiny Dancer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not up. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I keep see. rubbing my eye here. I got something in my eyeball here early this morning. I think it was sunscreen, believe it or not. Oh, my God. Kind of, you know, in case I get uh, too much, uh, you know, uh, ultraviolet ray from these lights that, that are shining <laughs> on us here. 
What am I doing with sunscreen? I, <laughs> I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I got some kind. Of, I, I feel like Muhammad Ali in like. Uh, <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> what was that? The sixth round, fifth round, fifth round oh against uh, Sonny Liston, nineteen sixty-four, Miami Beach Convention Center. I can't see Angie. I can't see. Dundee has great stories about that, or he did uh, before he passed Fantastic. away. And it was always great uh, hearing anything about Muhammad Ali uh, as uh, Angelo Dundee told the story. Because you know what, Luby? He was there. Uh-huh. He was there for all of it. And he was great. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I believe this is going to be a huge show, uh, bigger than the uh, Britney Spears uh, release uh, with Elton John. Because that, that is all of the headlines on all of the news shows, entertainment tonight. They're all going crazy over the fact that. Uh, Britney Spears and Elton John have teamed up and collaborated to have a new release, and it's the first new release for uh, Spears, I think, in centuries. She had that hideous, onerous thing going with her father, where her father was handling all of her finances. What was that all about, Louie? Because they deemed her crazy after she shaved her head. Don't shave your head, Louie. Because <laughs> no. once you do it, I mean, there's no turning around, right? If you shave your head in some kind of erratic manner where, you know, it's not like by design, uh, it's just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, you show up bald somewhere, not good. People will think you're crazy, and they'll let, let somebody else say, even though they're like uh, Tank Black probably was more fair to his clients than Britney Spears' father was, uh, you know, in uh, taking care of her financial uh, wherewithal, which was substantial. And she was getting doled out like peanuts. I mean, scraps. And that was it. And fin- I, I don't know. How did the courts uh, hold on to that for as long as they did? They, they finally released her from this, and now all of a sudden she's singing again. She's got residencies. She's okay, married kids i mean uh, a lot of stuff is happening that's favorable but it's all going to be favorable on his show because the return of mark lawrence today wow i'm very excited about that we love mark lawrence playbooksports.com he's been in this game uh, as long uh, you know it's odd to say longer than anybody i I don't know but uh wow he's been doing this for the longest time and was way ahead of his time in uh, all of the uh, various, uh, you know, equations that he comes up with and formulas and mathematical permutations that help him decide the outcome of sporting events, or at least give you a general idea. Look, you're not going to win 100% of the time. Everybody knows that. You're not going to win 90% of the time. Uh, If you win 60% of the time, you end up being a winner. Yeah, that's good. To beat the juice, to beat the rake, to beat the vig, you you pretty much have to hit at what? Uh, What is the rate? Like 55%? Something like that, uh, you know, and, and and so it's a grind. People don't understand. Everybody thinks you're going to make this giant quick score. But in gambling, it, it's a grind. It, it's how you do consistently on a steady basis. And you're going to have times, uh, you know, no one is a bigger proponent of this. Probably one of the most profound things that he ever said. Uh, Brandon Lang, among the many things that he said, uh, the great Brandon Lang of two for the money fame. Although the professor is not a fan of Brandon Lang. Have you noticed that? He's become more of the a professor. fan. He's become more of a fan. I get, before he joined us, Lang did a lot of that crazy stuff. Yeah. And Lang's actually been solid on his picks with us. So the professor's sort of come around to him since he's joined us. Well, and he has great conviction. And uh, one thing about Brandon Lang, he, he's not inclined to tell you, well, you know what, uh, we went 1-15 in uh, 15 yesterday, but that one game was our $100,000 nah. game. He doesn't do any of that nonsense. He doesn't try to cover up nah, for his nah. mistakes. If he goes 0-5, he tells you, you know what, I, I took one right up the ass. <laughs> I went 0-5 this week. In fact, he'll describe it in much graphic. more graphic terms than I did, which he has in the past on the show. Which got a little dicey on the radio when we were doing uh, terrestrial radio there because, uh, you know, the people weren't necessarily in favor of our material and, uh, you know, the uh, concept that we had for a program anyway. And they were especially pissed off when (laughs) it it got into elements of depravity when talking about losing 
at uh, what is now. I mean, think about this. One of the stations we're on became known as uh, what was twelve thirty the zone. Now it's twelve thirty the gambler. Yep. Think about that. Yep. And they were mocking us uh, for uh, concentrating too heavily. Uh, do you talk about anything else? Huh? No, that's all there is, right? It's <laughs> pretty much all there is. So uh, we're going to hit it with the uh, the Greek is going to join us uh, on the program today. The professor will have the big board. That's always a highlight. Mark Lawrence returns uh, with his uh, handicapping gems. And, uh, I mean, at the very least, you, you get some kind of guidance. Maybe you don't agree with uh, what these guys are saying, but uh, at least you can help formulate your own opinion. And, uh, you know, it's a polyman theory, speaking of the polyman, the double dot theory which is uh, if you like uh, a certain angle in a a wagering proposition and then somebody that you have great respect for also shares that same opinion, that's the double dot. Go ahead and check that off. And if it turns out that you lose, so be it. But at least you did it with uh, somewhat of a conviction. And that's Brandon Lang always has conviction about his picks and and sound logic behind them. Uh, But everybody has their own way of interpreting, uh, you know, the material that's out there, which is what makes this whole thing so great. And what makes uh, DraftKings and FanDuel so rich? Because <laughs> everybody's got their own opinion. Opinions are like, uh, you know, the aforementioned assholes. Everybody has one. But uh, we're going to try and help you formulate some opinions. Uh, the Greek is going to join us here. Uh, been hot on a preseason. Now, uh, one thing about the Greek, though, he doesn't often embellish his selections. Uh, I, I really wish he would get into that a little bit more. Greek, if you're listening, you know, I mean, well, we need some logic. Yeah, you know, you come on the air and go, I like Green Bay, I like Detroit, and I like Philadelphia. Okay, guys, see you later. <laughs> I mean, we got to milk that for a little bit more than that. Huh? And how about some rationale? Uh, so uh, we'll have it, the uh, Greek joining us in just a few minutes here on the program. The uh, professor always, I mean, college football is his game. And uh, we have a, a slate of college football games. Luby says 11. I only see like seven that are listed uh, with prices. So uh, a couple of them must be so bad that uh, even the New York Post was too embarrassed to put the odds in the uh, paper in the Post line, which they feature every day. Nice little box here. It's one of my go-to things right there where uh, they give you the lines on uh, virtually everything. And then uh, they continue that. See, I mean, this is a paper that, at least from the sports section aspect, you can have the right-wing politics and, uh, you know, wipe your fanny with it. But uh, the uh, sports section always delves into odds, including today – Odds and ends. Uh, oh, U.S. Open. They have the U.S. Open odds here, which I, I think is as wide open an event. I, I wouldn't know who to give you in the U.S. Open. Would you, Luby? Oh, you don't follow this that closely. But, I mean, uh, Iga Swiatek uh, is uh, the favorite, and she's 4-1. Uh, to one, But she's kind of, uh, you know, come into a little bit of a slump where, where she's now very beatable after winning 37 straight matches and, like, six straight tournaments. Uh, Simona Halep is the second choice. She doesn't usually get that far. Simona Halep. Been playing well under uh, Patrick Maratuglu, who was a big friend of the show or became a friend of the show during the pandemic. And uh, what do we have? We had like four or five interviews with Maratuglu. And he, he took over the reins uh, with uh, Simona Halep, and, and she's had good results ever since. Nice. Coco, you're getting 14-1. to I, I don't see Coco winning the U.S. Open. You? Interesting prospect is she just won a tournament, Caroline Garcia. Caroline Garcia, which uh, you could probably get odds on this. If I told you, uh, you know, to name the nationality of Caroline Garcia, what would you say, Luby? Mexican. Spanish? Mexican. Mexican? How about French? Really? Okay. French. Maybe her mom. It's an interesting one. Uh, last year's champion is 18-1, Raducanu. Uh, Sabalenka, who never manages to get over the hump, but has phenomenal abilities. Serena-esque uh, type of power, but... 
has all kinds of problems. Uh, I guess, I, I don't know, maybe she's not totally focused, but 18-1. Uh, to one. Uh, Ribikina, who uh, just uh, won a uh, major, uh, the last one uh, at Wimbledon, 20-1. to one. Getting all kinds of great odds. Uh, Naomi Osaka, I, I think, has no shot. Serena's 50-1. to one. Oh, there you go. They threw uh, Serena a softball. They, they threw her a number 80 in the world in the first round. A, a woman that's more known as a doubles player than a singles player, and I, I believe they did that in an effort to get her out of the first round. Yeah, some steam. Now, she plays uh, the second seed in all likelihood uh, in a tournament in the second round, but uh, this is also a woman who's in a bit of a mini slump. The second seed is like Convient or something like that. And uh, I, I, I was never a giant fan. I, I didn't understand how she had worked her way to, like, number two in the world. But every time I see her, she's losing. And so uh, there is a possibility that Serena, if she can get it together, could go all the way to the third round in this one. I, I don't know that I'm willing to uh, risk everything uh, that she's going to get knocked out in the first round, which, you know, you would think would be uh, appropriate because uh, she comes in ranked 407th in the world or unranked. <laughs> Oh, she is. She's like 407. I believe you. <laughs> it's valid. <laughs> She's won one match in like a year. I know. <laughs> and that was a life and death bloodbath against some qualifier. Unbelievable. One match. So, uh, I, I don't know. 50 to 1. Uh, anybody that's putting money on that, it would be a dream story. I mean, can you imagine uh, coming off the slab, basically, and uh, going out, uh, tying the all-time mark for a Grand, a Grand Slam victories uh, by uh, winning the U.S. Open? Not happening. I would give that 0.0 chance. Does she get out of the first round, no, Luby? Those chances have been yeah, enhanced, but yeah. uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and say no. She <laughs> finds a way to lose this match. They, they, they tailor-made, I mean, uh, custom-fit an opponent for her. Somebody mm-hmm. that likes to bang away from the baseline, doesn't have a lot of patience, and isn't going to run Serena around the court all day because she's just going to be firing rockets from the baseline, and uh, Serena's okay in those kind of exchanges. So when she has to move two feet to the right or left, that all of a sudden she just doesn't have it anymore, which is sad to watch, man. It really is well like watching the mongoose Archie Moore in his latter years as a boxer. I don't know if you remember the great light heavyweight champion Archie Moore. But, you know, he was fighting at like 50. They would throw him in there against Rocky Marciano, anybody they could find. Like, okay, bring in Archie. Let him take another beating. All right, the uh, Greek going to join us here in a few minutes. He'll have some selections. Uh, he, he's all over this preseason football, and you say the record is very impressive, right, Luby? I haven't been able to really I, – I think we've only been on once. At least I have when, when the Greek was on the show. He was on last week with, with me. My, um, he's 18-7-1 overall on his South Florida Live Wow. Plays. It's not all What's wrong with that? That's great. What are you talking about? Who's, who's giving you, like, uh, that kind of win percentage? 18-7-1, the Greek. Yes. Going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. Always a gas there to catch up with the Greek, especially since he's been going through, uh, you know, a transformation for what? It seems like the last seven years. It's been a year and a half. <laughs> seven years. It's been he a year. was rolling, this kid, and all of a sudden he was down in the dumps, and now I About think he's back. So good. Uh, we love the Greek, and uh, he's going to join us in a few minutes. Then the professor uh, joins us. Uh, Mark Lawrence uh, makes his return after a brief hiatus there during the baseball season uh, with his football selections, college, and the uh, pros. And, of course, the gambling gourmet, uh, Mike Mayo, joins us later on in the program as well. And uh, we'll have some stuff. He's still doing a sandwich thing. I did make arrangements for next Wednesday. Uh, we will be at the Lauderdale-by-the-Sea uh, store of uh, La Spada's Original nice. Hokies. Uh, Gail suggested, Gail, uh, who, who owns the uh, Las Padas, Gail and Harry, uh, she says that uh, never mind getting like the giant monster, you know, thing that would be like catering. Uh, you know, you would break this out if you were in the suite 
at say a football game, and, and you know they have the, like the twelve foot sandwich. She said we'd be better off just getting individual stuff. <laughs> that that would be better. That we could try more variety this way, and it would be probably more appropriate uh, to uh, rate what's going on at La Spada. It's not that we're rating the place; we just want to see Mayo eat. Yes. See, I, I thought we were going to put him in front of like a twelve-foot sandwich, and he would eat the whole thing. To call Mayo the <laughs> make him sick to his stomach. <laughs> We've already killed him a couple of times, but but he he has a little bit. It is death wish four with this kid. We love him, Mike Mayo. I mean, he's a go-getter, actually. It's kind of interesting because uh, we didn't know he had the kind of business acumen that he's displayed so far in uh, putting together Mike Mayo's lunchbox. He, he got after it and is doing a great job with that thing. It airs on South Florida Live and also on the Let's Eat South Florida Facebook page. And now branching out. Now, what is that Broward County thing that, that we're going to be a part of? Visit Lauderdale. We're gonna be on... We already are. Oh, visit Lauderdale. Visit Lauderdale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very nice. That's uh, that's good stuff. So that, so that thing's growing. That, that looks like a, a very uh, you know worthwhile project that uh, we've undertaken here in South Florida Live. But uh, the, you know we're worried about Mayo because if he keeps eating like he's going to the chair, he will be <laughs> essentially putting himself in his own version of the electric chair. <laughs> it's called diabetic coma. Exactly. How does he do it? He's incredible, right? I eat one thing and I put on five pounds. I mean, if I take a bite of a knish, boom, it's over. All right, uh, we're coming back with more. Hylia Park, I have to tell you, man, uh, weekend's always great. Hylia Park, talk about wagering. Uh, another jackpot. I think I saw one taken down for 78 dimes at Hylia Park just Jeez. the other day. 78 dimes on one of the Royal Real machines. Unbelievable. Uh, they're doing a great job there because you have a chance to win. There was nothing worse than the ice-cold nature. I, I, I love New Orleans. I love the freebies at Harris, but they're hardly freebies when the machines don't pay out a dime, when, when nobody can win, not even the queen of slots. Uh, the Mustang had one minor hit, and that was it. And me, I mean, just straight out the door. I never sat down on a machine and cashed a voucher for more money than I put in. Even my favorite game, they returned the five-cent dream card game, which uh, I was in love with at one time. And uh, even that cost me three sticks over the course of three days. 100 here, 100 there, 100 there. And you're thinking, that's 300 bucks. I could have given this to some bum and made his life. But no, I had to stick it in a machine that I knew nothing was going to happen except this money was going to evaporate. That's not the way it goes at Hialeah Park, and that's why it's such a beautiful thing. You're in there with a shot to win, and that's what they want for you. Champion simulcasting room. we got the Travers coming up on Saturday. Uh, I think a wide open and sort of dynamite field of eight. Going postward here. Uh, and it's not the giant field that you would like to see, but uh, eight real quality animals going to the post. Uh, Three-year-olds, uh, they're batting all throughout the season. We didn't have a Triple Crown winner. We had uh, individual winners of the uh, three Triple Crown races. Uh, the Haskell also went to Cyberknife, who won one of the prelims there. I believe it was uh, the Arkansas Derby. And uh, just a lot of credentials for the uh, eight entrants in this race. I, I don't think... You know, there may be one or two horses you could probably put a line through, and and even that might be at your own risk. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. You could bet that at Hylia Park, and that's coming up on Saturday. And uh, then always uh, the poker is in action, and, of course, uh, all of your favorite Vegas-style games. Great food and drink all over the place. Terrific atmosphere. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, about uh, as well-run a casino as you'll find anywhere in the world, and certainly numero uno here in South Florida. Make your plans to be at beautiful Hylia Park. Get a player's card when you come through the door. It entitles you to one of the best rewards programs you'll see. And uh, in, in the whole category uh, of rewards, uh, Hylia Park among the leaders in the way they treat their customers. That's the way they've always been, and that's the way you'll find them the next time you visit beautiful 
Ilya Park. All right, uh, coming up with the Greek and, and then a host of others here on a, a Degenerate Friday on South Florida Live. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. Hopefully we'll give you some winners or some winning ideas. And we'll be back with more in a moment. Now that. The time. How is uh, Anita Marks? Nothing against this woman. She's probably a very nice person. Uh, I've had you know uh, her. acquaintance-like <laughs> contact with her over the years. But uh, how is she picking games for ESPN? She's done it for years. <laughs> Based on what? I mean, uh, did she ever gamble in her life? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I never heard a person. Uh, this is a person I never heard mention gambling ever. And all of a sudden, she's your expert gambler. Uh-huh. As if the Hank Goldberg had come back from the grave. It's uh, 725. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Don't let them talk you out of stuff like that, Greek. I mean, that's a mistake. You know that. I know. I made a mistake. Yeah, you're better than I'm that, the first... Greek. Come on. I know. I know. I uh, was out to dinner, and I actually uh, made a mistake. I, and I said... If you didn't let anybody talk you out of the marriage, uh, how could you let them talk you out of Detroit? <laughs> oh, God, Defoe. Your best that bet. That is so perfect. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we are back with Defoe and the boys. It's now time for the Defoe Show. Mm-hmm. 
All right, welcome back to the show. A uh, few snags there. Uh, Mike Luby Lubitz uh, cleaning up some things as uh, we welcome into the program here on a uh, degenerate Friday. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz, uh, and always a pleasure to welcome this gentleman to the program. Uh, when we met him, we thought, wow, this man is a degenerate, degenerate. And yet doing it with, uh, you know, an element of class and, and dignity to it that uh, wasn't common to most of our friends. I mean, he, he was, uh, you know, hanging out at the Wynn there with Steve Wynn and yep. uh, whatever baby happened to be with at the time. And, uh, you know, we were at the track at the Breezeway Bar uh, hanging out with Larry DeLeeper and a bunch of uh, sycophant schleps uh, that were hanging around with our friend from Deal <laughs> Volkswagen, hoping that he would peel off a few hundreds and say, here, guys, leave me alone. Uh, but uh, we welcome to the show the Greek, and uh, the Greek uh, still featured on twelve thirty. The Gambler there three to five. In fact, he is the station, and uh, you can catch him there. And uh, now you can catch him here on Fridays, our Degenerate Fridays. Greek, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Defo. How are you? Good to hear that you're in the studio. I know you're a big traveler now. You're all over the place. You're like Lady Gaga. Every time I call in, you're away. <laughs> You know, it's funny, uh, but uh, the, these inducements are, are too impossible to turn down. Remember how hard it was to get a comp room? I, I'm sure you've been called many times by various people. I think even yes. I have called on you yes. a couple of times to say, hey, Greek, can you hook me up a couple of rooms in Las Vegas? Yes. And uh, even though you were yeah. the highest of high rollers, uh, you know, you would call your casino host and you'd go, what? But that schlep, Greek? I got nothing. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, the Mustang has achieved a stature on the rewards program for Caesars that uh, is reserved for like Mike Francesa or uh, or Hank Goldberg, or, you know, some high roller. And so they're, they're constantly sending us offers to go places for free, including airfare. And this last one to New Orleans it ended up costing me fifteen hundred, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> theoretically, it was free. So yeah, that's why I've been traveling a lot. Freebies. Freebies. Yeah. <laughs> expensive you're, you're, you're crushing it. This, this podcast thing is making big money. It may not quite be the case yet, but uh, it's getting there. Yeah. 1500 I lost. Well, what are you talking about? 1500 out the window there in a freebie. Oh, and then, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've flown Southwest Airlines at, at any time, but uh, I can't imagine that you're a fan yeah. of open seating, Greek. Open seating. Where, I, uh, you know, yeah, I, I used to fly Vegas. Vegas, I used to fly Southwest. It wasn't bad. You know, you duke somebody when you get in. They give you a good seat. You, know, you can duke anybody. <laughs> I wore a pilot's uniform. I, I still ended up in the back. I mean, that's how crazy it was. I was carrying one of those little black, uh, you know, people. cases. Yeah. I have duke people at, a, you know, an airport and stuff like that. It has chased things. I was at a restaurant two weeks ago, right? In Port Lauderdale, not going to say the name of the place. I walk in with a couple of my friends from Vegas. They were here. And I said to girl, we need a table. She goes, we're pretty packed. And I and I looked at her and I go, all right. She goes, unless you want to take care of me. I go, what do you want? <laughs> she said it to you. Where did you take her? In the ladies' room? Me. I mean, what did you do? Greg? Your car? She, she said to me, I want $40. I said to her, 40 I'll give you 20 And uh, she took it. So she, she sat us down. I, you know, she comes back later and talks to me a little. And I said to her, you know, what's with that? And I said, you know, I introduced myself and I saw her face. I knew, I did know the owner. I told her I wouldn't tell him. I said, you can't shake people down <laughs> in front of people for a table. She goes, I don't yeah. know. She said, I just had the thought that you were the kind of guy who would pay. I said, all right, well, it works. <laughs> 
You do look like the kind of guy that would pay for it. But uh, see, and, and then yeah. you you delve no, into fine. like a, a more conventional means of uh, paying for it with a woman, and you ended up paying dearly. So <laughs> you were better off before. Right? You were just uh, going for those high end hookers. You know, I was better off. Yeah, my marriage was like the bad pigs. <laughs> the bad <Bay of> pigs. <laughs> No, I've been telling people for years, uh, you know, there's a recently a post on social media uh, talking about uh, what would you name a boat if you had one? And I, I always was going to name mine horses and divorces because if it wasn't for those yeah. two things, I would have had the boat far sooner. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't learn. You go back to the well, which I, I love. You know what I mean? You're like yeah. uh, up against some receiver. You strike out three times. You go, let me go up in a night. Don't put in a pinch in her. And you strike out again. That's what I love about yeah. it. They bring in Kuzman from the bullpen. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me, and I turn around and back left-handed against them. Uh, yeah. Mike Rico, you, you've been hitting it, man. I mean, uh, the people have nothing but mad respect for you in your 18-7-1 uh, uh, documented record here on the show, and L- Luby's been keeping track. Uh, to what do you attribute your success? Because we always thought you were completely insane. Much of this has been based on preseason NFL football. Yeah, which it's like 80%. As inconsistent as I would say it would be to try and get an edge or an angle on what was going to happen in a preseason game in the past, I I think it's even more helter-skelterish now when you, you have no idea who's playing. I mean, now some of these starters are going to play in the third game. They didn't play uh, prior to that. Uh, I, I don't know. How are you getting a gauge on what's going on? Just strictly through coaches? What's the angle there, Greek? Uh, you know, I, I read a lot of different things, quarterbacks, who's playing, who's not. I've always done pretty well in preseason over the years. Uh, Teddy Covers got me into it years ago. This week we're going to go up one college game. We're going to go to a college game because of a line movement, and we're not going to pick preseason because I think it is pretty helpful scouts for the last game. Ah, okay. uh, I know Brady's supposed to play, and the Browns are supposed to play a lot of starters, but I'm going to go with uh, Vanderbilt minus seven over Hawaii in college football. Vanderbilt minus seven over Hawaii. I believe that game is in Hawaii. It is. And uh, yeah. that line has climbed, though. Uh, I have it here. Unless it I went down, I, I, this was probably yesterday's uh, uh, line in today's New York Post. Uh, it has Vanderbilt nine and a hook, yeah, nine and a hook. over Hawaii. Nine oh, and yeah. a hook, my friend. Yeah. Does that change right, your opinion? With the nine. No, no, no. I mean, they, they weren't going to win by eight anyway. So we'll go with it because that line came out in uh, May. And it was about like three, and it keeps Ooh. going up and up and up. SEC team, so oh, we'll go with Vanderbilt. The minus Vanderbilt. All right. Uh, do we know anything about Vanderbilt? Uh, Hawaii, I would think, would be especially tough at home, since uh, they don't have to go anywhere. And uh, I mean, can you imagine being a college kid? You, yeah. as a college kid, Greek. I mean, oh, if you're God, a star quarterback, yeah. and you you land in Oahu, are you kidding me? I mean, I know you're going straight yeah, to those yeah, yeah. Uh, scantily clad, grass-skirted babes <laughs> that, that are down there on the beach or, or serving drinks at the hotel pool. Of course, but you know what? I mean, it is about uh, who's got a better team. I think Vanderbilt does have a better team. They're an SEC team, and that line's going off for a reason. So I'm going to go with Vandy. I'm not going to change. Okay. I mean, is that going to be your only play? You're, you're showing extreme restraint. discipline here. If He's that's going to be the only bet that you make, I, I know you've kind of been easing what, back what, into what, this what, thing what, after. I what, mean, an unfortunate experience at Gamblers Anonymous, or wherever that was that you were pulled up. I was never in Gamblers Anonymous, please. My God. Maybe a Gucci sale at an outlet, but never in Gamblers Anonymous. You're not buying any knockouts. How many 
uh, are the Browns playing this weekend? The uh, five and a hook. I see five and a hook. Five and a hook. Uh, right, that's what I have. The, five and a hook. Let's, five and a hook. All right, let's let's take the Browns. Okay. Over the Bears, I mean, they're very determined. Uh, the Chicago Bear team, no preseason uh, Mavens. <laughs> Talking them into it. <laughs> the Bears are. Too, I mean, like they won last week against Seattle, but the Bears are a bad team. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. The Bears. Right. They got that impasse going with the linebacker, which uh, I don't believe has been resolved yet. Not sure how that's going to play out. Um, okay, so so you said you were going to stay out of it. You said you were going to stay out of the preseason of the NFL, but you can't resist, Greek. Now, now are you inclined to just well, bet you're, first halves? You're guilting him. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit, but, and again, I mean, this is for your audience. I mean, how do you not bet the Ravens again? They keep winning and covering every week. Yeah. My God, it was unbelievable. It got a little dicey last week. The only reason to watch any preseason football is to see if the Ravens can sustain this streak, which uh, I want to say is now 22 straight that they've won, 22 straight preseason games. It's It's either 21 or 22. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And they've covered it all but one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, does it, and he wants to win these games, and I think they'll win again this week, so we'll see. I'm not gonna, that's not going to be a pick, but I think they will win. You would think that you would have to uh, play into an enormous line, unfavorable line, if you like the uh, Ravens, which, uh, yeah. don't tell me, are we, can we find them here? Are they underdogs this week? I'm looking, uh, oh, here you go. Six-point favorites over uh, the, commander. the Washington uh, commanders. commanders. Six-point favorites. It's, what do you think? That's high for preseason. I, I'm not, I, I won't go against them. I, it's not going to be a play, but I wouldn't go against them. How do you go against 23 in a row? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Well, it's with like 22, the is, uh, went the yeah, they, they were up like 21 nothing in that game or something. And then all of a sudden, it got dicey. And uh, the opposition had the ball uh, and, and was driving it down the field. But uh, they, they must have held on. I actually uh, almost watched that game to the end just to see if uh, Harbaugh would hang on with the uh, Ravens, knowing that was one of your angles. Well, again, like I said, the last week of preseason, I'm not going to go much preseason, but I do like Vanderbilt. I'll go with the Browns. All right, very good. Are you making any public appearances anywhere? What's going on with you, Greek? You're on a golf stream? Uh, what's happening? Are you going to be out there celebrating the Travers? Uh, we're going to do Greek Gridiron again down in Boca by your place, uh, Strike Cigar Lounge. That starts oh, December nice. 8th. Yeah, right by where you like going to that biscuit place, right in that same area. Thank you, I'm heading up there tonight. Yeah, that's going to be great. Maybe I'll uh, run into you, Greek. That'll oh, be fantastic. Oh, good. I'm parking cars there tonight. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very resentful of the valet system there. I'm not a fan of valet parking that that somehow has uh, overtaken what normally was just a, a free and available public parking lot, where all of a sudden they, yeah, they like a, commandeer like 20 there. spaces. And, uh, yeah, yeah that, that happened at the Funky Biscuit, whatever's going on there. But but that's Boca for you, right, Greek? Of People course. expect to get robbed. Yeah, they charge you for air. <laughs> they charge you for air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Boca, the, the flags are always half mass when they're out of Botox. Exactly. There's like a hairpiece tax, too. I mean, if you're wearing a hairpiece <laughs> in this particular mall, you have to pay like an extra couple of bucks just to circulate. And, and believe me, they're making a killing on that. Uh, all right, uh, Greek, uh, we love you, and uh, we'll catch you, what, 3 o'clock today on your show on 1230? Yeah, it's got to be on, uh, like, the iHeart app, right? Yeah, yeah, 1230 Gambler and Real Radio 921 today at 10 a.m. Nice. Are you still doing that, too? Oh, my yes. God. Yes, he's all over the place. Yeah, of course. Uh, was John, is Johnny still around, or is he long gone? Did he, did he uh, 
Did he uh, get victimized Johnny by his st- station going in another direction? <laughs> Which was, yeah, we're no, going to no, have no, the no, same show, left, but without you. He left two years ago on his own accord. He's doing very well. Oh, good for him. So. Yeah, no, he was a good guy, big fan. And uh, he, he was a king of the long Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was great. He'd be he on the uh, schedule be on for like 15 minutes, and he took 14 of them with the introduction. Then he'd go, hey, how you doing? And you go, fine, and that was it. Okay, thanks. we got to go to a break. It was great. All right, we love you, Greg. Right. Uh, it's it's always way. good having have you on the show. Weekend. Good luck. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, your official play. Vanderbilt uh, laying nine now uh, against Hawaii. That is the Greek, 18, 7, and 1. Yes. A real character, very colorful character, the Greek. He, he sounds like he's back. Uh, he got his mojo back, doesn't he? That's good. Remember, he, he was depressed there for a long period of time. I mean, uh, you know, he publicly, uh, obviously, he didn't want to make a big deal out of this. But uh, you could tell in his conversation, he was just really down, right? Yes. Now, he sounds like he's back. I mean, he, he's be bopping along there and uh, doing very well for himself. And um, I, I didn't realize he was still double barrel action on the radio with that real radio show that he has uh, out of West Palm Beach. All right. Uh, that's the Greek. Uh, and we have a lot more to cover here, a lot more ground to cover. The uh, professor going to join us. Just a few minutes on the show, we'll have the big board. The professor's uh, first college football plays of the season uh-huh. will be unveiled here. Much like the uh, Spears. This is very Spears, Elton John, is it not? As uh, we uh, blow the dust off uh, the professor's college picks and also uh, the return of Mark Lawrence. Mike Mayo, the gambling gourmet, later on. Although uh, we're not sure what kind of condition uh, Mayo was in. He, he sent us... Uh, oh, you guys were out with Nikki Mohan yesterday on uh, South Florida Live. Yeah, it was like a with feast. Mike Mayo's lunchbox. Now, now, and it was one an Italian deli where they, it looked like they served you a hundred sandwiches. It's Italian market that also is a restaurant, and the real deal Italian. So they kept yeah. bringing us out pasta, and they brought us out some seafood thing, and they brought us out pear wrapped in prosciutto, and they brought us something with an octopus, and some other pasta, and then two sandwiches, and then three desserts. Now, was uh, Mayo <laughs> under any kind of restraint? Oh no, no Mayo. No, was he? Nikki ate a little. I didn't really eat at all. I took home for sure. You, you've changed, Luby. You have changed. You are a different man. Well, we're there. I'm you focused. You used to be the first guy to slobber down the food and this ignore all responsibility, mm. get the stuff, smear it all over the equipment. It, it was mm. disgusting working with you. Thank you. Um, it wasn't well, quite as bad as Harvey Fialkoff. You know, it was one of those spray hitters, which uh, I was sitting next to, uh, you know, a, a gentleman the other night, and, and he uh, was spraying food all over the place. And That's I was like, uh, yeah, you had to either duck or get a bug sheet or something. <laughs> but Mayo's become that guy. You, you used to be that. And yeah. uh, now you, you're the model of decorum there. I mean, uh, you, you would be uh, right next to Emily Post, pictured uh, under the etiquette uh, rules as uh, following them properly, whereas uh, all of a sudden Mayo feels like, hey, it's open Amazing. season on being a slob. It, it's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> like, Nikki, Nikki will eat, but she's using the fork and the knife. Mayo, like, just puts his face in. The way you describe eating that like, crab sandwich yeah. is how he eats everything. <laughs> Even with a fork. He's like he's in one of those contests where you have to uh, finish something off with your hands tied behind your back. <laughs> and you, like, you stick your face in a pie. <laughs> Like he's in some uh, country bumpkin uh, eating competition. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, he's going to join us later on. Uh, and he'll probably have a pick in the Travers. I don't know who he likes. He, he loves Cyberknife. You know he loves that horse. Yeah, helps save his mother's and, life. Uh, Florent And, of course, uh, we you know have a great affection for uh, anything that's uh, connected to our dear friend, uh, Kate Breda, who uh, we probably should. I don't know. We probably should have had her uh, featured yeah. sometime this week. Uh, although the uh, Travers is a field of 
uh, common competitors. I mean, these guys have been banging heads uh, throughout most of the season, uh, many in the same races, including uh, those that are coming out of the Jim Dandy, which had a field of four. But I think all four of these horses uh, have returned. Uh, those horses have returned, uh, I think, to be a part of this field in the Travers. So, uh, But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I know he likes Cyberknife a little bit, but I'm not sure if he's going to play him. Uh, he also had early voting. Very appropriate, since we're going to talk to uh, Senator Leahy later on in our podcast. Early voting, which uh, we're hoping the early voting is an indication that maybe there's a shot here that we turn Florida around. Is that possible? And come out of the Stone Age with, uh, you know, these Attila the Hun type philosophies that are depicted by our uh, local politicians, state politicians. This Ron DeSantis scares me. He really does. I, I, I might even prefer Trump back in office before they no. put DeSantis in the president's no, chair. No, no, they both are bad. Both of them. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. All right. Uh, the professor uh, coming up next here. The professor, uh, Jimmy Johnson's big chill. Great place to go. If you're looking for a destination in the Keys, unbelievable. Mile marker 104, the overseas highway. Great food, great drink, great atmosphere. Pool scene is fantastic. They have the uh, sports bar. It was renovated uh, now about a year ago. And everybody raves about uh, the conditions in there. But I, I like to sit out there at that bar there. They have plenty of television screens. You can watch all the college football. What better place? Jimmy might even stop by. Uh, and, and he'll just uh, hoist a couple of cocktails with you and uh, start celebrating the fact that Nick Saban is losing. Unbelievable. He, I, I don't think he's a big Saban think, fan. Do you? I don't think he has Nick a Saban, Saban dislike. I know he's friends with Belichick. If he can be friends with Belichick, he can be friends with anybody. Belichick's a different guy than, right. than the person he portrays. Wow. That that's uh, often the case, right? I don't know. Is Parcells like that? No, I think Parcells is always like he was when he was at those <laughs> press conferences, belittling the poor schlep that had uh, you know a, a, a stain, a mustard stain on his shirt as he was asking, uh, "Bill, did you really think that running the ball was a good decision there when uh, you lost five yards uh, there on that uh, first and goal?" Um, no, he he wasn't particularly happy with those people. Uh, Jimmy was okay with all of that because he he could deflect anything. But uh, big friends with Belichick because Belichick's like a wild and loosey-goosey guy outside of uh, the environment uh, of being the uh, head coach of the New England Patriots. What do you think? Are, are you going to play that game, uh, Louie? Patriots-Dolphins, week number one? Going to go ahead and lay the points with two? Yeah, there you go. Probably. I would, actually, yeah. Mac Jones goes for 500 in that ball game, and the uh, Dolphins go down. They left scratching their heads, wondering why they traded for Tyreek Hill. Um no, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. But, uh, look, if you want to take it all in, all in the action, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill, Mile Marker 104, the Overseas Highway. And uh, you can check that out. And uh, I think you, you will really, really enjoy it. We're going to be down there pretty soon with the show. And uh, that, that should be a wild one. I think all of the characters uh, from the program here in uh, South Florida Live are going to show up. All right, back with more uh, in a moment. Now that. The time. <laughs> Professor, already weighing in. I mean, anything with a Boston theme. I'm hoping he'll explain his absence last week because I know where he was. It's uh, 747. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style. And you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. <laughs> 
Hey folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation location because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup. All you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. Their hours have changed a little bit. Monday through Thursday from 3.30 to 10 and Friday, Saturday and Sunday from 11.30 to 10. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have... They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar, and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Joined now by the professor, showing no symptoms, Nick Saban. Uh, how threatened uh, do you think college football is by all of this stuff? He, he's like the, he's not the first prominent coach or named coach to uh, be afflicted with this. I mean, I think how threatened we feel like this is uh, based on uh, how many campuses Dan Mullen's wife is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Grab a bagel and a schmear, plus some Defoe and Luby. Welcome back to the Defoe Show. All right, one of the things uh, that we're proud of here is uh, we do stress accountability. If uh, we give you a series of losers, we'll tell you. We're not going to uh, try to cover it up or sugarcoat it by telling you, even though we were 1 in 10, that our one winner was our million-dollar winner. And uh, uh, under those uh, auspices, uh, welcome back to the show. It's a Degenerate Friday. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby lubitz And uh, we're looking for uh, a little bit of clarity here. Because uh, when Luby told me that the professor was a no-show, uh, my first instinct naturally was to think uh, this was last Friday that, um, all right, so he probably was out late. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, there was no college football. It wasn't like yeah. he was watching some game uh, that was, uh, you know, being uh, played in Hawaii and it was three in the morning and he still had money on the line there in the final couple of plays. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. I know exactly where he was. I, I can't believe it, man. Are you going to admit that you were at the Ben Affleck J-Lo wedding last week? <laughs> And that you couldn't no. somehow make the arrangements to do the big board from let, Georgia? Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, Defo. Yes. Did you read any reports about a bomb at the Gen Ben Affleck <laughs> Did you read any reports about a shooting or somebody a car being driven down? into the you know the session? Because if yeah. you didn't read those reports, I wasn't there. <laughs> And now that you mention it, uh, you know, that would have been more appropriate to find out that uh, somebody had driven like an SUV <laughs> right, right into uh, the place where they yeah. were taking their vows and mowed down several then celebrities in the process. you suspect that's where I was. <laughs> if you read assassination attempt at Ben Affleck's wedding, it wouldn't be a bad assumption I was there. But if you don't read of any horrible reports, drunk man assaults Ben Affleck, yeah. then I wasn't there. It would have been like the Rushdie stabbing. I mean, uh, not to make an allusion to something that was particularly hideous. Uh, but uh, Ooh, Yeah, that was a bad one, right? Yeah. yeah it might have been a scene uh, similar I, I, to that, honestly, though. Honestly, I wish, 
I wish some sultan over in the Middle East would put like a $3 million price tag on Ben Affleck's head. I would definitely collect that. <laughs> <laughs> collect. Like, honestly. Yeah. Really, I mean, Rushdie's not, he doesn't really carry bodyguards anymore. He hasn't in years. He's been doing public appearance. And $3 million, you haven't collected on that yet? I mean, come on. That's... It's only three. I thought it was like ten million. They had uh, the bounty. I mean, uh, it was a bigger bounty uh, than Sean million, Payton. Uh, what was putting on uh, opposing <laughs> players? <laughs> there you yeah. go. Maybe that was the plan. Is uh, you should have gotten uh, this defense after Salman Rushdie years ago. <laughs> Bolly Man was always uh, that was one of his. Who was it uh, they knocked out? Was it was was it Brett Favre they took out in a game? I, I know they knocked somebody out. It was like one of the big incidents. I, I can't remember who it was now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, Pauly Man was always very fearful of any mention of Rushdie on, on any radio program we were on or any allusions to uh, any kind of activity in the Middle East. He said, just stay away from that because there's a pretty good chance there's a bounty on your head too <laughs> as soon as you say a word. Yeah, you, you really don't want to – yeah, that that whole you know royal family Muslim thing you don't you don't really want to aggravate those people they'll come after you. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, what did you think? Uh, this is uh, you know a, a political uh, thing that's going on today with this uh, student loan forgiveness. But uh, I got a pretty good response. It seems like most people were favorable oh, to the idea that uh, the next wave of uh, financial forgiveness should be loan shark and bookmaking amnesty, <laughs> where you don't have to pay any of these people off happen. anymore. <laughs> No, you were around, yeah, you were around when Eddie and Vito feel, used to come by to see if their money was looking okay. I feel like if gamblers were a big enough voting block to uh, justify that kind of thing, we'd already have sports gambling in the state of exactly. Florida. So I don't, I don't think you're getting any uh, loan forgiveness out of that. We, we can't even get freaking app approved in the Imagine state of Florida. It? But yeah. you think you're getting your your loan shark money back? Yeah, I, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for that. <laughs> Not happening. All right, we have college football, and you have to be excited. Here's, here's my political yes. question. Go ahead. Hold on. I do have a political question because it plays into a previous big board. I don't know if you've seen it this week, but uh, Ron DeSantis released a commercial yeah. where basically he's playing Maverick in Top Gun. I haven't here's seen what it, but I I've seen know. about it. Yeah, about... If Ron DeSantis is now Maverick governor now, who's Iceman? Who's the dude in the background who's always uncomfortably close and looking like he's going to make out with Ron DeSantis <laughs> at any second. second. <laughs> who's my emphasis on guy there who Ron DeSantis is like, you can ride my tail anytime. And the <laughs> other Marco Rubio. Like, no, you can Rubio. ride mine. Yeah. I just like to remind you that the governor who's so upset about don't say gay, don't tell our children you're gay uh, in school. How dare you mention your husband? Just did a political ad where he referenced the most homoerotic movie in the history of movie making. <laughs> the only thing he missed was he didn't slather himself in baby oil and go play beach volleyball with one of his political associates. Be his next ad. I'm sorry, I'm gonna throw Top Gun out there. You got to deal with the consequences. I'm like, with I, I you a thousand percent, man, Ron. Yeah. It's Ruby. Ronnie, not my favorite. It's be Ruby uh, or I don't Gates. know how this man uh, has been empowered to the I'm point just where asking, he is. Like... Yeah, oh my God. Or he's yeah. about if to be. Ice uh, man, if you're a Maverick, who's Ice Man? Who's 
Is it is it Gates? Because like he's not blonde, but he does sort of have that yeah. that that douchey Val Kilmer thing going. Yeah. With the overextended jaw and whatnot. That was a big question on social media. You know, uh, who, who is he douchey in, in this thing? <laughs> yeah, and so uh, it's a common theme. I mean, you're not alone in uh, this line of thinking, Professor. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, right? it is an unusual, uh, you know, uh, image to try and uh, you know associate uh, Ron DeSantis with. But let's put it that way. That, uh, Again, there's know. a there's a lot of subtext in Top Gun that for some reason, uh, I hate to say it. I was, it's right wingers don't seem to get and again as we covered in the big board when we did the top gun big board it's not subtle like in the first five minutes of the movie there's a dude going around screaming i want some butts i want some butts (laughs) and then for the rest of the movie they clear up that pretty much every pilot in the navy wants some butts too so you know again the movie is not subtle about this message in the least but apparently at least one group of people didn't catch that. Don't say gay. No, that's, uh, you know, the name of the game. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Professor, uh, college football. I, I know you're excited about this. Throughout the entire movie. <laughs> this is your time of the year, uh, uh, Professor. How, how are you feeling about this week's card? It is. Uh, I got to be honest. This is not the most exciting week zero card in, in history. It's not a terrible one. There's a couple of games that are probably going to be worth watching, maybe taking some action on. But it's... It's not a great matchup card, and unfortunately, uh, on the two most playable games, we got some pretty central line swings coming into the weekend, uh, which takes a couple games. One, honestly, I thought was kind of playable. Now I'm kind of looking at the other side, and, and the other makes me not love it as much. Uh, and the one I don't love as much uh, that I did like a week ago, and I personally bet it myself when it was under a touchdown. Uh, sat at six for a while. The Greek is right. The, the number on the Vandy Hawaii game went from like three to six to nine. I did personally bet it at six in the in the run up, but it's sitting at nine now. Still like Vandy in the game. I'm I'm agreeing with Greek on that. Uh, Vandy's talent profile uh, uh, actually well, and but it's less about what's right with Vandy and more about what's wrong with Hawaii uh, in that game. Whereas, um, uh, you know, again. You're looking at an SEC school, you'll figure there's a massive talent gap, but it's Vanderbilt. So even though Vandy, uh, I think College Football Insiders has them as like a top 50 roster overall, that's not really that impressive when you talk about SEC schools. But Hawaii, uh, Todd Graham, kind of one of the most disastrous turns uh, in, in recent coaching memory. Uh, Hawaii's always been a long time respectable program, if not a great program. But Todd Graham went in there, he changed the offense. He changed the culture. He didn't fit at all in Hawaii. And now they fired him on the brink of possibly canceling the program because they had so many kids uh, transfer out last year. I had to go before the state Senate and then argue to keep the program even alive uh, based on the money that Todd Graham got out when he left. Uh, Had 19 kids transfer, including 12 projected starters. Timmy Chang, the new quarterback, who I think is the right guy, by the way, I think Hawaii needed to get a coach who understands the Hawaii football co- culture, but you have to assume he's going to move back from that power eye to some sort of run and shoot type concept. And that's going to be a, a tough transition. Did June Jones uh, check out? Uh, what happened to June Jones? Where, where, where is he at? June Jones. Oh, he went mainland a while ago, right? June Jones. 
Is he dead? What, what's going yeah, he on? He left him? for SMU. He years was at SMU. Ago. Yeah. He's not there anymore. I, I don't. It's possible he's dead. I don't know what's it's Julie possible Jones. He's dead. Let, let's dead. give that a quick look. See if. <laughs> See, Over he, under I, June, June Jones, Jones dead or alive. alive. He's alive. He's alive. He. I don't know what he's, he's doing alive. wise, but he is alive. Yes, he is. He's living. He's alive. Where's where he at today? Is he, he is coaching. The offensive. He is the offensive coordinator for something called the Seattle Dragons, Dragons. which I have. Oh yeah, USFL. Oh, it's the. Uh, it was the XFL franchise, uh, which I assume because Rock be going. bought the XFL, he's. Still there? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be going. I don't really right. know what the status of the XFL is. Every time I think of Hawaii, I think of June Jones for some reason. And that was what? Like, was that 20 years ago, uh, Professor? He was there because he was at SMU for a little while. Uh, was he not? June Jones? Give or take. Yeah, yeah. 20 years sounds about right. What, what about the Hawaii factor, though? I mean, how much do you consider that? We, we always uh, talk about the Hawaii Bowl. Which, uh, you know, I mean, uh, all, all you need to do is have somebody on the scene uh, to uh, dig up uh, what, which team is partying more. And, and especially when Hawaii is the home team, it's no big deal to them. I think we covered on that angle last year where barely. I mean, uh, we were dead wrong in our logic, but uh, it turned out that we I mean, were on the right side. Did I lose we you there, covered on that yeah, a number of years, though. Um, but I think, I think that's more of a bowl game factor than it is a – a regular season Reg- factor, particularly okay. an opening game of the season factor. All right, so they get annihilated. The uh, I'm sorry, Hawaii, uh, Hawaii gets annihilated in this game and uh, loses by more than the uh, even nine point spread. Uh, would you be confident in that? I think Hawaii's going to get annihilated a lot this year, and uh, yes, I would anticipate this week being one of those things. All right, our connection not particularly favorable. We apologize for that. So uh, we do want to turn our attention, though, to the big board here, uh, I, Professor. I, and uh, we're, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you weren't oh, at the Affleck wedding. Are going the big board? Because I do have another pick. Oh, what's your other pick? Okay, oh, okay, good. I don't know. You sounded like you had uh, I overslept. Oh, okay. Well, we don't, we don't okay, care what the, the reason other, was. Uh, we just thought board. you were at the Affleck wedding. <laughs> No, I was not at the Ben Affleck wedding. And I, I really resent that you keep slandering me like that. Frankly, I can take it with a lot of abuse that you like to give guests on this show, but I'm not putting up with that. That's that's no, I don't curse much on the show, but that's some bullshit that I just will not tolerate. That's a good way to get me to walk off the show is accusing me All of right. being the Ben Affleck's wedding. All right, we're going to walk you right in your and next Some pick things, pick. you know, it's I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be Jim Everett on the Jim Rome show, but that's one, you know, it's bad yeah. enough that I got to come on the show three seconds after you've uh, licked Bill, Bill Belichick's taint once again <laughs> on the show. But I got to do that. And now you're coming on and accusing me of having a relationship with Ben Affleck, which I, you know, <laughs> that's offensive. Hey, it would have been my Some first invitation I if I was J-Lo. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would have definitely extended you the courtesy of an invite. Uh, all right, what's the other game here, Professor? Why so she, Why would you do that? So she could pay alimony to Ben Affleck? <laughs> like, how's that a win for J-Lo? Nothing about this is a win for J-Lo. All right, fire away. We're having some anyway, audio issues. So, the other game, uh, we, is... we want to get into uh, all of this, so uh, let, let's uh, just go fire ahead. The other game, which is sort of the feature game of the day, is Nebraska playing 11 and a half number was as high as 14 and a half earlier in the week uh, to Northwestern. Uh, initially, I was kind of looking at Northwestern spot because Nebraska 
obviously last year, you know, found new and creative ways to lose football games. But now that the numbers look to 11 and a half, I'm kind of on the other side of this and uh, looking more towards Nebraska here. Uh, Nebraska, obviously a very good defense last year, top 20 defense. I believe they were 14th or 15th in the country um, and were one of two top 20 defenses that, that managed a losing record along with Auburn. Auburn, obviously, six and seven in the SEC West, uh, America's most difficult division probably last year, and still managed an overall pretty respectable record at six and seven. Nebraska at two and nine in the weak division uh, uh, of the uh, Big 12 or, or Big 10, excuse me. Uh, with 12 teams, um, it's sort of an outlier record, and it was strictly because Adrian Martinez, week after week, found new and creative ways via turnovers, mostly to <laughs> lose football. So, in theory, if you're in Nebraska and you can clean up the turnovers, you ought to be looking at somewhat of a turnaround. Now, a lot of people are looking for kind of a drastic turnaround for Nebraska this year, enough to get into a bowl game and save Scott Frost's job. I don't know that it's going to be that dramatic, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them somewhere in line of a 500 football team, maybe game over, something along that. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it uh, via beating Northwestern to start this season. Uh, they did smoke Northwestern last year as one of their two victories. Uh, I believe they hung 56 on, again, the rare game where Adrian Martinez didn't invent a new way to lose a football game. I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and won this game big. I'm not – I wouldn't – I don't necessarily want to call this an official play because I, I wouldn't lay out on it. If you're a unit player, I think this is strictly one unit play to, to kick off the season. But at 11 and a half, I've switched sides uh, and I'm leaning more towards the Cornhuskers in this spot, particularly at home. Northwestern's just a terrible football team. Uh, they were not last year. They, they had of, uh, institutional problems at this point. Uh, the lack of recruiting has really caught up to them over the last few years. Uh, I don't anticipate uh, the Pat Fitzgerald thing where he keeps bouncing back with a decent season off of a bad season. I think we're going to be looking at two bad seasons in a row here for the Wildcats. Um, so I would lean a little bit towards Nebraska at the 11 and a half. And since we always do three, real easy, the Baltimore Ravens minus six in the <laughs> NFL preseason. The reason? Because Baltimore Ravens never lose and always cover in the preseason. Yes. Like at this point, if you're not betting the Baltimore Ravens every week in the preseason, you're just a moron. You're just giving money away. Uh, which I, of course, uh, passed on that when I was in New Orleans and uh, was very much available to me as, uh, you know, there were very uh, attractive women standing outside the uh, sports book there uh, trying to uh, lure your attention towards uh, the idea that you can make a wager there. And I'm looking at the Ravens, and they weren't uh, laying a substantial number of points. And, of course, uh, they won again in cover, even though you had to schwitz a little bit at the end. Yes. Which, was unusual. All right, uh, we have to get to the big board because uh, we have a lot of things uh, on the plate here today on a Degenerate Friday. And uh, this is, of course, a highlight of uh, our Degenerate Friday shows. Uh, the Professor and this week's edition of the big board. It's interesting the way you started out the segment, Defo, because I do feel like uh, just the way things are going in America these days that I needed to come on the show and scream at Luby uh, about his student loans and how he was <laughs> a loser and a bum. Yeah, because he got some student loan money and I didn't get any student loan money because I never took student loans. Um, that just seems to be the way things are going is like I have to be physically upset with everybody who's getting a dime out of this uh, student loan thing. Yeah, I kind of think there's actually bigger wastes of money in college football, including this new multi-billion dollar deal that the Big Ten is signed for broadcast rights, which I kind of think is a waste of money overall because – Really, CBS, you want to, you know, 
paid billions of dollars for the rights to broadcast, you know, five and two Wisconsin playing three and four Purdue at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. You think that's going to be the big ratings winner for you? I'm not certain that's the game plan that's going to work out, but we do have one notable thing. Uh, and that's in terms of money, college football coaches making uh-huh. piles and piles and piles of it this day. Very and appropriate. that's our big board this week. The big board of overpaid college coaches. And I should have put the word in. I didn't. We're sticking just to football this week. This is just overpaid college football coaches. Uh, And we're going to start with number five. And you may or may not know this man's name. Do you know who Alex Grinch is? No idea. Who's Grinch? He was a D.C. at Oklahoma. Alex Grinch was Oklahoma's defensive coordinator. He is now USC's defensive coordinator. Uh, He made the jump with Lincoln Riley to USC. And he may be, no one's exactly sure USC as a private school does not have to publish a contract, but the genuine the general speculation is that he is now the highest paid assistant coach in the country. And he's the only assistant coach on this board. And the reason I want to point this out is two years ago, Oklahoma was 108th in the country against the pass and 111th <laughs> in the country against the run. Last year, Oklahoma was 61st overall. They had a respectable top 40 ranking against the run. They were 103rd against the pass. Now, wow. as we have dis- discussed in the past, I actually happen to think Nick Saban is underpaid. Like, if you can produce the results Nick Saban wants, I mean, Nick Saban has produced, if Alabama wants to give you $50 million a year, I don't care. You make, make a lot more money than that for Alabama. But if you're going to be an assistant coach, making as much money as more than 40% of the L currently makes, I think you ought to be better than having 110th ranked defense in the country. I know Oklahoma's a passing team, but the access to talent, if you can't have, let's say, a top 50 defense, I think your salary should be cut. And I sure as hell don't think your, your head coach should be wanting to take you to USC with you and get a raise. Like, what the hell? <laughs> the highest paid assistant coach in the country? Millions of dollars to be a rotten defensive coordinator? Luby could be your defensive coordinator. And if you gave him, I don't know, $250,000, he'd be very happy with that job. No doubt. And honestly, what can he drop? Like another 20? He can Man. only do like 20 spots worse than Alex <laughs> Grinch did. <laughs> so yeah. at that discount, that's not really that big a deal. I don't know that the uh, you know the parallel is there because uh, Luby would clean toilets for two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year <laughs> at Rahway Prison. I, I, I mean, I, I he'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah, I can get you one ten. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm saying, literally, the worst you could possibly do is like twenty spots lower than Alex Grinch. He only did twenty spots above dead last. Yeah, and somehow that justifies the highest salary in the country. You could hire literally anybody. You could hire a monkey with a pencil between his teeth <laughs> to draw up the defensive play. And the worst you could do is 20 spots lower than you already were. Well, look at those uh, athletes that were being recruited at USC that were uh, sons and daughters of uh, famous celebrities. Exactly. They didn't exactly and, have again, uh, stellar credentials. This, yeah. this guy could only take Aunt Becky's daughters 20 <laughs> spots lower if he started them at free and strong safety. <laughs> all right alex That's grinch <laughs> starts us out today overpaid uh all college right. football coaches number four is one i kind of regret doing but i think it really needs to be pointed out here 
Uh, because this man now makes more money than Nick Saban does. He wow. is now the third highest paid coach in America, and that is Michigan State's Mel Tucker oh, is yes. now the third oh, highest paid yeah. coach in America. Well, Again, I think Mel Tucker did a great job with Michigan State last year, although in his first year, and he'd be point, you are by default in your first year working with somebody else's talent, and it's not like Michigan State killed it in recruiting this year. Third highest paid coach in America for a guy whose career record is now only three games above five. Again, he might turn out to be a good coach. And I do actually get that Michigan State, if you want to keep a coach, you have to pay him a little extra because the off-the-field opportunities aren't there as they are at Michigan or to say nothing of an Alabama or Georgia. Obviously, college coaches these days, uh, the good ones can make more off the field than they do on on the field. There's speculation that with if you included the on the field, Nick Saban might be making well over $20 million a year at this point. But in terms of contract, Mel Tucker is now the third highest paid coach in the country. He's got one winning season yeah. under his belt. Winning half. I kind of feel like that's getting into pretty extremely overpaid, particularly for a guy who lost to Nebraska last year, who yeah. lost to the team that invented new ways to lose football games. <laughs> Holy Larry Coker. All right, very justifiable at number four, Mel Tucker, Michigan State. Speaking of guys, and this one I think is really more about the level of respect that he gets than the actual salary because he is a top 20 paid coach, uh, but he's not really way up there, and that is Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern at $5.5 million a year. I believe he's the 17th best paid coach in America He's gone three and nine twice in the last three years. And again, <laughs> the recruiting rankings, pretty low. I know he went to Northwestern. He was a legendary player at Northwestern. There's that whole family thing. But if I'm paying you the 15th most salary in the country, I want better than three and nine. And let's be honest, I don't feel like the uh, the level of respect that is accorded to him by announcers and by the, the college football media actually lines up particularly well uh, with the actual results on the field. And, you know, again, three and nine for a top 15 coach. Yeah, not so much, in my opinion. Uh, wouldn't think so. Not in back-to-back years. Uh, now, uh, wasn't it just a short time ago? Uh, am I mistaken about this, that Northwestern actually had, like, a surprisingly decent season? Yeah, that one year in between. It was. Yeah. Yes, was he a part was of the that? year in between the two, three. Yes, he's the head coach there. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. This is the Pat, this is the Pat Fitzgerald a pattern it's why he's actually respected is his teams are terrible and then they're pretty good and then they go back to being terrible again yeah if you do the ping pong thing you ex- actually expect northwestern to be pretty good this i year. don't expect that to happen this year and the, the thing is when they're bad they're really really bad yep. I, I again i don't mind if you mix up kind of bad seasons or 500 ish seasons with good seasons look if you could do that in northwestern you are a top 15 coach but this guy Mixes terrible seasons with kind of good seasons. I don't know that year after year, that's an acceptable pattern to me. Plus, right. let's be honest, $5.5 million a year, you can afford a better haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Number three on the uh, big board, the professor's big board. I feel like he's hanging of- on to the, like, I feel like he's hanging on to the, like, I've had this haircut since I was a college linebacker, and even though I've got the substantial hairline receding thing going, 
Like I'm not going to pay extra money to hide it. I'm not trying to be extra respectable as a coach. Mike Mayo's clinic has this new thing uh, coming out, the Mayo Clinic, uh, where it just grows back your hair automatically. So it's great. Uh, he, he might be inclined to look into that. All right, that's number three on a uh, professor's big board, overpaid college football coaches, number two. That takes us to number two, and it's along the same yeah. lines, and that is Stanford David Shaw, yeah. who is the fifth highest paid coach in the country and has been terrible for the last three years, including last year where they kind of bottomed out the recruiting is bottom up. Again, this is one I kind of feel bad about because when David Shaw took over the program for Jim Harbaugh, he went on a very impressive run, but he's turned really bad and is super defensive about it. And like, I feel if you're making $9 million a year and you have gone on a bad streak, you got to be jovial. Like you got to be, Hey, you know, as long as they're going to keep paying me, I'll keep taking the checks. Uh, but yeah, not so much. I mean, I realize Stanford has got all the money in the world so they can afford to pay everybody what they want to pay. But at $9 million a year, David Shaw, I feel like you're overpaid. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, David Shaw, Stanford, uh, number two on the list. Uh, oh, now, uh, we know you're excluding Nick. No, he's uh, does uh, Nick not have a clause in his contract where he has to get like a buck more than anybody else? Yeah. Okay, no. so he's always going to be the highest. He's the highest paid, paid right yeah. now. It's eleven point something. No, 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 no. That's not. That's not in his contract. Oh, it isn't. Okay, I thought that was no. uh, one of his uh, conditions. Again, uh, no. When he flirted with Texas, he became the highest paid coach in the country. But yeah. Nick Saban's realistic. He makes so much off the field and through ancillary benefits with Alabama. Sure. That his contract is kind of an irrelevant. His his actual contract, at the University of Alabama, for. Head coaching is kind of an irrelevant number in terms of his re revenue string at this point. Again, it's never been published, but the speculation is not only does he make more off the field than he does on the field, he makes wildly more off the field than he does on the field. He's actually at this point, I believe, the sixth or seventh highest paid coach. Uh, at, again, just over nine million a year. Now the new deal um, is over eleven. But he makes. He makes two. so much. Yeah. The new deal is over eleven. He's the highest paid coach again. The new deal oh, is yeah. ninety million. That this year? Yeah, okay. this week, ninety Just, something million uh, for seven week, years. Yeah. It's like eleven point five a year. Oh, okay. This is hard see. to say. I mean, it would be like you endorsing something that was being done by Ben Affleck. But uh, <laughs> I'm watching an interview with Saban last night, and and for a second I lost my mind. And uh, I was listening and thinking, oh, okay, this guy's making some sense. <laughs> and then I snapped out of it. Whatever drug was influencing me, uh, you know, to uh, think like like an irrational uh, crazy man. Uh, you know, I, I realize <laughs> it's Nick Saban, man. Can I just say, can I, yeah. I, I, I have to insert this into the conversation. Yeah. Your bitter hatred of Nick Saban combined yes. with your borderline sexual love of Bill Belichick <laughs> is the weirdest yes. combination in the world to me. They're I have more respect friends. for Belichick. They're yeah. They're essentially the same person. They both had wild amounts of success, and the only difference is Saban doesn't cheat, and Belichick wildly does. Like, but I, at least uh, we I know through Jimmy, though. Combination. We I, know I through really Jimmy don't. Johnson that Belichick uh, does have a decent side to him, although we never see it. So I give him that, whereas I, I don't believe that Nick Saban has uh, an ounce of decency in him uh, when it comes to uh, anything other than Nick Saban. And uh, other that, than that, that I, when, he, when he walked over that poor lineman who was passed out in the Dolphin locker room and they said, uh, practice is at one, you know, <laughs> it was like, get the fuck out of here, Nick. We, we, we don't need. And then he fired a few secretaries that I happen to uh, know and, uh, you know, people that worked in the Dolphin offices in different capacities just because they would say something to him. And 
Oh, he had this henchman come and fire him in his wake. Uh, just an awful human being. So uh, well, I gave him zero credit. A- anyway, we have to get least, to the last one. No, we, we have to get to number one here. And uh, at least, unlike uh, Saban, unlike Belichick, Saban doesn't foist his mongoloid kid upon this report <laughs> as well. <laughs> well. Let's get to number one because if you're yeah, going to right, pay a coach right. a top ten salary, and this man, I believe, is currently number nine in terms of salary, I would personally have a few expectations. One of my expectations, actually winning a division. One of my expectations, actually producing a top five recruiting class every once in a while. And my most important expectation, not creating a pic, uh, not creating a Twitter profile in order to nail co-eds at the school. And that takes <laughs> us to our number one most overpaid coach, and that is Boca Raton's own Joey Freshwater. the who, by the way, is still apparently based on pictures from his Twitter account, uh, still living in Boca Raton during the offseason because he posts all sorts of uh, pictures on the boat from uh, the Boca Raton inlet. And uh, really, again, at our always manages to fail himself forward, Lane Kiffin has now gone from FAU to one of the top 10 paid coaches and one of the highest profile coaches in America. The scary thing is since he does still maybe have residents in the state of Florida, the scariest thought to me is that somehow Lane Kiffin is going to be our next governor. <laughs> uh, he would win in a runaway. We'll I mean, go through uh, a few years of DeSantis, and then Lane Kiffin's going to get fired at Ole Miss, like he all because he'll probably get them on massive probation and going to move back down here. And we're going to wind up with Governor Lane Kiffin, which will lead to President Lane Kiffin, which will lead to intergalactic overlord Lane Kiffin, because that's just the direction of Lane Kiffin's life. Fail yourself upward over and over and over again. I have to sort of uh, temper my, uh, you know, thoughts on all of that because he was a big fan of the show. Yeah, we uh, when we were doing the radio show, which we found (laughs) out through Paul Castronovo. Yeah, Yeah, that uh, Kiffin, uh, Kiffin met Castronovo, who's a much uh, more popular and uh, you know widely recognized figure than I uh, ever was, uh, and uh, all those years on top on the FM dial there at uh, Big One Hundred Five and. uh, so Casanova introduces himself to Lane Kiffin and says, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the radio. And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I always listen to that, the Forest guy and uh, that Luby character. And so he was a big fan of the show. Which, well, I, uh, I would, that endeared I him would to us to permanently. You that softens, yeah. I would love to tell you that softens my opinion of Lane Kiffin, but it doesn't. No, I, I wouldn't <laughs> imagine it would influence you at all. The worst of humanity, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's he, the only reason we like him. Uh, otherwise, show, hi, Lane. Yeah, everything you said was true. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't fight you on that. Not, not even. I mean, you don't even have to lean into too much exaggeration today, which you know is always great. I thought your dad was a great coach, <laughs> John Monty, Robinson. Yeah. Monty Kiffin. Uh, Monty, I, Kiffin. I, Monty Kiffin. Monty Kiffin. Oh, Monty Kiffin. Joe, no, John Robinson. I, I thought your dad. I thought your dad was a great coach. You're not, but <laughs> yeah. your dad is fantastic. <laughs> I thought you were referencing uh, Brett Tessers, uh, always telling me my father uh, looked like John Robinson. Which, uh, you know, he, he, I talk about a dignified guy, but that was a different era of coaching. Man. Uh, coaches had a lot more dignity back then and uh, maybe didn't have to take as much abuse uh, or, or uh, widely respected. And, uh, you know, but Robinson was always a class act. Uh, there, there's no question. Uh, all right. That's excellent, Professor. Uh, anything exciting happening? I mean, uh, I, are you jumping out of your skin here, getting in action? Or, as you said, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, taking an easy. I will be next week. Water? This week, this week's. Uh, you know, to to use a uh, a Mike Mayo reference, this week's sort of the amuse bouche 
of uh, of college. They would say something like that. Yeah, just a little bite involved. Not worth something necessarily jumping in with both feet. I do want to send a compliment to uh, Mark Lawrence, who I've seen uh, I've seen on Twitter a couple times, uh, getting shouted out by uh, Kelly in Vegas. So that uh, he's carrying a big profile. He might outgrow the show here on Twitter uh, very quickly. He he doesn't abandon us though. He's very loyal to Mark Lawrence. That's another thing we love about him. All right, Mark Lawrence is coming I don't right think up, Professor. He would have been in the show, but like I said, have a great one, guys. All right, very good. All right, apologize uh, for what we'll uh, seemed like out. a little bit of a technical difficulty there, uh, Mike Louis Lubitz, no, which the seems thing. to be originating from uh, Central uh, Home. No, mine's fine today. I, I it's mine's fine today. It's that mic the last now three weeks to month. It's done that, so we need to get him a different microphone. That was awful. Yeah, yeah we need to get him. A unfortunately, uh, you know, I mean, we, we didn't want to uh, sort of. To, to you know, put any kind of uh, uh, you know uh, dilution on the uh, material there from uh, from the professor. All right, uh, Mark Lawrence, ready to go, uh, and that's great because we wanted to get right into it. We welcome back to the show one of our favorites, uh, and this guy is dynamite, and he's been doing it longer than anybody else. And he came up with a system of numerology that would even baffle Rene Descartes or any of the great mathematicians in the history of the world. I mean, permutations on top of permutations, always giving you a great angle on anything that's happening in terms of wagering, which is all over the planet now. He was way ahead of his time. We welcome to the show from playbooksports.com, the great one himself, Mr. Mark Lawrence. Mark, how are you, my friend? It sounds great, uh, Defo. It sounds like I just arrived from the Starship Enterprise. Uh, <laughs> ahead <of> my time. <laughs> we yes, said you returned well, to the program you. with... What was bigger than the release of Britney Spears, Elton John's collaboration uh, on uh, whatever that song is that they're doing together, uh, which was, uh, you know, headline news all over the place, uh, you know, and, and put the war in Ukraine back in the third place. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, uh, you know, how are you? How have you been? What, what's been going on? Tell us a little bit about uh, what's been happening over the summer with PlaybookSports.com. Obviously, you guys are handicapping baseball and everything else. I mean, I would imagine you even have WNBA over-unders, but uh um, how's it been going? Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about the scenario. Uh, the scenario is that we did put our playbook football preview guide magazine together in the off season. Very, very popular uh, football guidebook for people that are serious about cashing tickets throughout the football season. Uh, we've got that available on our website at playbooksports.com and also our preseason football newsletter. And uh, I'll say this, uh, if I may, that uh, that preseason football news that are anybody's interested. I know there's only one week left, and there's a full week of college football uh, games on tap this weekend. But if anybody wants to pick up a copy, you can do so free of charge. All you need to do is call my office at one eight hundred Playbook, and we'll be glad to send you a copy of that preseason football newsletter. And you know me, uh, I'm digging that uh, morning cup of coffee there, morning cup of Joe. With uh, Mark Lawrence, yeah. that, that is fantastic. Uh, another uh, newsletter type item that you guys uh, publish that uh, is it, really just loaded with great stuff. Uh, if you're a sports fan, even if you never made a wager, it's enjoyable to read and, and very uh, informative and educational. So uh, appreciate that uh, coming through my email uh, every day. And I would imagine most people would, would really enjoy getting that uh, as well. All right, uh, uh, Mark Lawrence, uh, we're, we're ready for some college football. Um, you know, how is... Is it possible to establish trends and honor trends in week zero, which you would think, uh, you know, as a multiplication factor, zero times anything usually comes up with mush. But uh, what do you think? I mean, are there some angles here that we can really explore in week number one on the college football slate? 
Well, I believe there are, Defoe, and uh, one of them, uh, we're going to call this our kill shot, if you will. And what our kill shot is, uh, we're going to be going to a head coach named Jerry Kill, the new head coach at New Mexico State, uh, who has had some longtime success at other programs. Uh, Unfortunately, he's had some problems, some medical problems, some issues, but uh, he's resurfacing this year with New Mexico State. Uh, and he brings along some really, really positive numbers. Uh, he's gone seven and one straight up in his home opening games in his career. And he's also, if you take a look at him, 17 and eight to the spread as a dog of eight or more points. So now he comes into this game in this particular role against a Nevada football team that is the second worst team in the college football this year in terms of returning experience. They lost everything in the offseason did Nevada. Their head coach, their best player, they've only got six starters back. I think this is a good shot for a kill shot here with New Mexico State, and I'll grab them plus the nine over Nevada on Saturday. Why doesn't that come as any surprise to me that you would open up with a nine-point underdog as uh, one of your selections? Uh, and, and it is, after all, Mark Lawrence, your favorite day. It's National Dog Day today, we're informed by our good friend exactly. Jim Sarney. So uh, I, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you told me that. That's good to know. <laughs> yes. right. I, you don't celebrate this as if it was a national holiday? I mean, you, with all of the underdog selections you've made over the years here on the show, we're still yet to pick a favorite. I, I think at any time, I mean, I, you've acknowledged a couple of favorites as being maybe, uh, you know, uh, uh, lean or something, but uh, never picked one uh, here on the program, which is amazing uh, considering that I would have to say what, Luby, of the 12 years that we've been doing this with Mark Lawrence, uh, a, a, a large upside winning record yes and, and almost every season uh, you know very much in the black so uh, not an easy thing to do so i i would imagine this is a big holiday for you all right new mexico state um and uh or is it new mexico let me see new, mexico, new mexico state, state. yeah mexico new mexico state. state over nevada uh and and, and that's interesting too because a lot of people just see the names on the uh slate there and go oh well nevada's got to be a better team but as you say uh, they, they've been decimated by uh, defections there and from the previous year. All right. Uh, anything else on the college slate that stands out? No, college slate, that's going to be it because we've only got seven games and uh, we don't want to put our toe too deep into the water on week zero. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, you know, we'll test the waters with New Mexico state and look forward to something. I think just as good in the NFL preseason final week on Saturday as well. Oh, nice. All right. If you were ever inclined to bet a favorite, would it not be the Baltimore Ravens in the preseason under John Harbaugh? Now shooting, I believe, either for their 22nd or 23rd preseason win in succession. And uh, the uh, word I had was that they, they only failed to cover in one of those games. Is that possible? That's exactly what it is. 22-0 and wow. 0, straight up, 21 and one tie against Jeez. the spread. He's been a fantastic oh run. Uh, yep. Uh, he's doing really, really rather quite well in that particular role. Uh, but we're going to take a look at another coach that is running toe to toe, if you will, with John Harbaugh in the NFL preseason. Most people don't realize this, but, uh, the Buffalo bills are going to be taking six and a half points against Carolina today. The reason they're taking six and a half is because, uh, Josh Allen and uh, a lot of the stars aren't going to play, but you've got a head coach in Sean McDonough who is riding a 10 game straight up and point spread win streak in preseason football games himself. Uh, he's the heir successor, if you will, to yeah. John Harbaugh, when, when and if that unravels. And we like him plus six and a half against Carolina in this football game here tonight. 
Uh, I know they're going to give a lot of time to Baker Mayfield because he didn't throw any passes last week, but uh, we're going to ride with the old coach factor here, and we'll take Buffalo plus the six and a half this evening. Is that the number one key uh, for you in in, uh, predicting or trying to anticipate what's going to happen preseason NFL football? Because he would be the antithesis, the antichrist of Marv Levy, who uh, always was a significant play because uh, Levy didn't give a flying one about the preseason (laughs) and would routinely go like 0-4 and and then take the team to the uh, Super Bowl uh, during that uh, long stretch they had where they went to four successive. Uh, I would imagine if you looked up their preseason record, it was horrendous. Uh, and, and that was always a play. But, uh, yeah, this Harbaugh thing's insane. And now, is there any chance, Mark Lawrence, uh, that you uh, began uh, a $100 parlay in the first game of this stretch and, and are sitting on a, a massive fortune if this uh, continues through this next game? Well, we're probably thinking about telling Bill Gates to move over. <laughs> Imagine you're sitting on this. Would you keep riding this? How far do you ride that out? Oh. It'd be incredible, absolutely incredible. But you know that's <laughs> that's forethought, and we don't probably uh, possess a lot of that uh, right now in the in the gambling world. But uh, it would be absolutely incredible. You know, I don't know if you caught or saw guys about a story in college football of uh, what may be the wildest bet that was made in the off season here this year, and it was uh, two fellows, I believe, from New Jersey, and they bet a thousand dollars on a thousand to one shot to win the college football playoffs to win the championship and uh that that wins a million by the way okay so he puts up a thousand to win a million and they bet on utah state uh which which would probably likely come to an end in week number two when they go to alabama There'll be a 38-point <laughs> underdog. <laughs> That's taking a shot. But we, all, <laughs> we can all dream, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I saw some other absurd, like, prop bets uh, that were being made where, where a guy bet 1,500 on something that seemed like it had a, an impossible chance of happening. Oh, oh yeah, this was in the NFL. Uh, and, and he bet that uh, I think it was uh, Will Fuller uh, would be the uh, – uh, leading uh, touchdown uh, receiver in the NFL, and the guy's not even on a team. <laughs> I mean, so, so what happens when, when a guy shows up at the sports book and says, uh, "Can I get fifteen hundred on this?" Which they usually cap, you know, like uh, maybe what five hundred. Some of these bizarre prop bets with huge odds, because uh, you know, I mean, uh, it isn't worth it for the casino. But uh, I mean, uh, is that one of those things where, where they actually call to the back room there? Hey, Lou. I got one. <laughs> yeah, we've got a stooge here. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, but, fully, but I mean, you, my goodness, there'd be an over-under. Uh, there'd be an over-under in the amount of games he'll play, let alone <laughs> leading anything. But nonetheless, uh, another stab in the dark, to say the least. All right, you're, you're inclined to make some of these wagers, though, uh, Mark Lawrence. Do you have anything out there on the table, uh, like uh, preseason prop bets of any type? You, I mean, it could even be uh, something along the lines of season totals. Uh, is there anything along those lines uh, that uh, you have a lean towards? Well, you know, what I like to do with as far as preseason prop bets go is I like to wait until uh, the horses are just about out of the gate uh, yeah. at the very last moment because I want to I, I make sure that uh, – we're not playing on a team that loses their quarterback in the final week of the preseason. A uh, player gets suspended, so forth and whatnot. So you want you want to at least know that uh, you know your bet is going to be live at least in the first week of the football season. And you know there are teams that we've I, uh, we've isolated in our 
in our preseason football, uh, our playbook preseason football guide that uh, I think are warranted uh, to be, I think, upside-type teams here. I think the Baltimore Ravens look to be a team that I will most certainly be playing, uh, if not over their total, to at least win their division. I think they're going to be one of the more improved teams in college football this year. They did a home run job in the NFL football draft, and if you have a full season of uh, Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, I think that uh, makes a lot of amends for a losing effort last year. They would be one team that I would look at real strong and hard. And the other might be, just might be, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is not so much from a Baker Mayfield standpoint. He's going to help the team. But uh, if you look at what they did last year, the Carolina Panthers, uh, first of all, you got a head coach that's on the hot seat there right now, Matt Rule. And, you know, he obviously is going to give everything he's got to keep and save his job. But last year, uh, when this football team won five football games, uh, their defense improved 54 yards a game last football season. And now you've got uh, McCaffrey coming back as well with Baker Mayfield. I think they can be the sleeper team inside that South Division here where I think Tampa Bay is going to choke, uh, choke out and not even win the division. I love it. Mark Lawrence. Playbook.com uh, is where you find his material. The uh, preseason football guide uh, is just, uh, I mean, it's as fundamental as any textbook that you could have uh, gotten uh, while you're getting that uh, $10,000 wave of your student loans. Uh, hopefully that paid for some of that. But, uh, wow, th- this is an essential if you're going to go into uh, any type of wagering mode during the regular season and uh, or have been uh, so far in the preseason. Uh, Mark, always a pleasure, my friend. Good Thank to have you, you back. Lawrence. Uh, we look forward to having you on uh, on our Degenerate Friday shows. It's always great. Playbooksports.com. Uh, and people, uh, obviously, uh, you know, they need to get involved in, in getting this preseason guide because uh, the regular season is only like, uh, what, uh, uh, two weeks away, right? It, right, exactly right. Lawrence so you can pick oh, there up, he is. Okay. You, you can pick up that preseason guide. Just call my office at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. And you have a lot of good reading on tap for this weekend. All right, Mark. Thank you. You're a great American, Mark Lawrence. Fantastic stuff. Hey, I'll, I'll look forward to catching up with you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Have a good weekend, my friend. All right. Sounds good. He didn't get into any of those blue cheese theories or any of that stuff oh, no. uh, on the uh, program today. But he is amazing, Mark Lawrence. Never picked a favorite on the show. Usually gives us like four plays a week. Uh, he has two for us uh, this week to start us off. Pleasure to have him on. Known Mark a long, long time. As reputable as it come in this game. And uh, not a guy that's like pushing, uh, you know, uh, hey, my best bet of the week. I cannot lose. Not that type no, of guy. No, no, no. Uh, just giving you straight up information. And uh, it's phenomenal what he comes up with. Uh, in his uh, numerical breakdowns. I mean, if you're into saber metrics at all uh, and believe in that, uh, this is, uh, you know, the Bill James of degeneracy, I would have to say. Mark Lawrence, right, with the baseball abstract. Unbelievable. All right, uh, we're coming back with the gambling gourmet. He, he's been stuffing his face. We love uh, Mike Mayo, and, and he's doing a great job on Mike Mayo's lunchbox. He's come a long way with that thing, right? Uh, would you agree with that, Mike? Lovey, Lovey, oh, no. Come a long way. I mean, especially if you talk about before I was involved in it, it was just like you guys – on yeah. clean feet. I mean, we've, it's night. Uh, well, it's you know, years. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it was a little schmanky, but, uh, you know, we, we've elaborated, uh, you know, uh, on uh, many, many things here on the show and, and uh, you know, kind of uh, taking them to new levels. And uh, Mayo's knocking it out of the park. So he's going to join us next as the Gambling Gourmet here on a Degenerate Friday. And uh, we'll be back with Mike in a moment. Now that. The time. It's 8.39. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? 
good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes, really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. You know, we're, now that it's football season, it's time for cliche talk. You yes. Know, it's like, you Stu know, Dickman is going to take, that's my alter ego, Stuart Dickman and the Stuart yeah, Dickman Yeah, so if show. you could run, so here's my, here's my encapsulation of handicapping every football game coming up this All season. All right. If you can run the ball and control the clock, obviously you're in a good position to win. But also defense. You need the good defense because defense wins championships. Now, of course, if it's a really close matchup, it could come down to the special teams. <laughs> and then when you get to the fourth quarter, it's all about who wants it more. Yes, who wants it more? Good for you. That was the good capper. The best way to kick off your day is with Defoe plus Luby. We now return to the Defoe Show. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, good to be with you, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby, Lubitz. A degenerate Friday continues here on South Florida Live, and always a pleasure to welcome this gentleman who's knocking it out of the park there with his noontime uh, Mike Mayo's lunchbox right here on South Florida Live and uh, other platforms as well, including Let's Eat South Florida, the Facebook page that he started in conjunction with the Sun Sentinel, and uh, it thrives today to the tune of about 86,000 subscribers. So, uh, obviously, a very popular entry on the uh, social media scene, as is uh, this gentleman on the degenerate scene. Uh, Mr. Mike Mayo joins us here on the program. Uh, Michael, how are you? Are you all right? That, that's always my first question. Are you okay today? Apparently, I'm schmanky and schwitzy, too, because I just <laughs> took, my little, took my little abbreviated walk of life, 2.2 miles. I'm going to go back out after the show because oh, I yeah? just need to keep working off these sandwiches. It's fucking yes. crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm at 38. Um, 38? 38 sandwiches now. Il Paisano yesterday. They they smothered us. And you'd be proud of me, uh, Defo, because I actually requested and ordered off the panini board there. The Italian tuna uh, salad sandwich. It was a tuna oh, sandwich. Yeah. How was it? What it was excellent. Think? It was yeah. excellent. Yeah. So uh, once you get that Italian canned tuna in the olive oil tins, and it's not a little flavor. It's it's good. It's a different quality of tuna. Of course, I turn my nose down to uh, the uh, pedestrian uh, chicken of the sea or bumblebee or whatever 
the the old Jews like you eat uh, the pretzel. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, and, and it's not just an old Jew thing. I mean, uh, you know, St. Schick's is eating tuna sandwiches. Uh, you know, although they uh, prefer salmon. Now, that was always a big thing, the salmon sandwich. So um, meanwhile, I'm grumpy yeah. because well, first of all, I got well, what, what's the matter, man? Were you beaten out of a uh, super factor well, or something? Okay, first of all, uh, so on the walk this morning, it's very, very brutally humid, and I'm just like, yes. the the spigots are opening, and then I've got all these mosquitoes are like dive bombing me. I don't know oh, where no. they came from, <laughs> but on this walk, I was along the mangroves here, on, like in my neighborhood, it was just like wave after wave. So now I'm just like one big massive welt, you know. It's so so I've got. I, I was going to ask me. if you had monkeypox because uh, you know. <laughs> Fortunately, this uh, is not uh, the oh, finest no. of my definition, <laughs> uh, the visual here. You and, do look uh, a little schwitzy, though. You're, you're no, really and schwitzy. I've been just getting pounded this week. So it all started when I thought I got out last weekend when I hit this last race trifecta uh, on yes. Sunday uh, at Saratoga. 23 to one shot. It was a 40 eight dollar horse or uh, that that won over a 10 to one shot uh-huh. over a five to two shot. In an eleven horse or ten horse field, I mean, this wow. wasn't like some little field, and it's not like there was a one to five shot. It was like, and you know, I did the math, and you know, math wise, it should have come back like sixteen hundred dollars trifecta for a deuce. So if you do the okay, math, I'm it should right be at you. least it should be four hundred dollars for fifty cents. I was going to say the low end would be about eight hundred on that. Well, again, and I have it for fifty cents. I just did a, yeah. a, a fifty cent box. I'm just my draw drops. It comes back one hundred ninety five dollars no. for fifty cents. That's impossible. And and I'm like, what? Because I thought I had gotten out for the whole weekend. I had kind of a rough weekend, and I thought it would be like, okay, you know, get my four hundred, get my four sticks, and I'm gone. And no, and then that kind of just put me in a foul mood. And then every day I've been noticing and watching. Like there was a race where it was like a five dollar horse on top of a 20 to one shot on top of a six to one shot at Del Mar that came back one hundred and sixty dollars. That was with a five dollar horse on top. Yeah. There was one at Saratoga yesterday where it was like a thirty dollar horse over a that uh, was like a it was like a uh, yeah 14 to one shot over a 20 to one shot over an eight to five favorite. So it was almost the same scenario, say, except yeah. except. You know, actually, lower. the lower the lower art horse and horse ended up winning instead of coming in second. Guess that one came back nine hundred and eighty for fifty cents. So I'm like, no, you got robbed. Yeah, why There's no this? doubt about it. And, and and this is the kind of thing that, that later on in life, uh, if we live that long, but uh, they, there will be an investigation and they will discover it was one of those schemes on like that pick six Breeders' Cup scheme where, where somebody punched out a bunch of tickets after the race. I don't know. Uh, what unfortunately, you will never be able to have them make amends unless Biden addresses it in his second term. <laughs> I don't want any forgiveness. I just want to get what I'm due. Give the man his money. Exactly. No, you got robbed there. Hey, I mean, your jaw money. must have dropped to the ground when you saw that payoff. It, Again, it I'm counting paltry. sticks on sticks. I'm saying it's going to be between 400. Maybe it'll come back 600. You know, 23 to one on top is not it doesn't happen every day. The and, exacta um, could have been what, uh, you know, that paid for 50 cents. I mean, the dollar exacta could have easily it, been uh, 140 if it wasn't And even more. that came back short. Yeah. The dollar exacta came back only 160. And if you did the math, it's like 46 times 10. It's supposed yeah. to come back 460 for a deuce. It's supposed to come back, you know, at least 230 for a buck. So yeah. every, something was definitely hanky. It put me in a foul mood all week. Gambling-wise, I've just been running terrible. I am just fucking one pissed off puppy, and I'm gonna try to crush the, gonna try to crush the Travers tomorrow and just make it all. Right. All right. Well, what do you think? I mean, uh, you, you like a couple of horses in there that you've cashed on, 
uh, Cyberknife, I, I know, is a personal favorite of yours uh, with our uh, great affection and affinity for anything associated with Kate and Bradar and, and uh, the Florence Giroux angle with uh, Doug Bradar being his agent and, and a very credible horse. And uh, you had early voting in the Preakness. So you were all over that. Uh, so another one of your uh, personal favorites. Uh, you know, there has to be some inclination, not necessarily to think this horse was going to win, but to sort of root for Rich Strike. If you're a horse racing fan, so this horse could dignify that uh, 80 to 1 win in the Kentucky Derby. The trainer seems to be like a very cool cat. Everybody loves him. One of these uh, down to earth guys that just uh, has like an aw shucks. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, we got lucky that day. Uh, but a very big believer in the horse. And then you have Epicenter, uh, the back wheel special for me, which I, I think I'm going to back wheel again um, and, and others. So uh, what do you think, Mike Mayo? The Travers. I think this Saratoga is a- tomorrow. It's a great race, and it's actually not a bad betting race because, you know, even though it's a it's relatively smallish field of eight, yeah. it's quality. You can make a case for pretty much like six of the eight horses in the race. Um, you know, I have my, you know, my personal favorites, uh, Cyberknife, because of the uh, angle with my mom, and she was a recipient and beneficiary of Cyberknife treatment, and that's one of the reasons why she's uh, still here and blessed to have her. Um, and again, with the whole Florent and the uh, Bradar family angle of, of Florent Giroux coming in to ride Cyberknife, so he's the one. Um, I For some reason, I didn't like Epicenter, and I, Steve Asmussen runs well at, at Saratoga. He looked absolutely dynamite in the Jim Dandy uh, there would be no reason to bet against him except for that he's seven to five, and I don't want to go down as a chalk eating pig. I want to take some swings for the fences. <laughs> You've eaten everything else. Why not some chalk? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to do a three horse box and crush it. I think I'm going to do like a ten dollar exacta box tomorrow. Woo! One hundred and twenty bucks. Seven to like Get out for the week or whatever. I mean, a for four the day. horse. $10 oh, no, 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 no. Three horse. Three horses. I don't know why you're running your 60, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Let's make it a $20. Uh, $20 exact box. Three horses. The old baseball, as they call it. Yeah. I'm going to do the uh, one, which is the uh, Cyberknife. Okay. Early voting, I like. I mean, he didn't run the greatest race last time, but he's listed at uh, eight to one. I like the horse. I just think he's got, you know, maybe he's going to save him something for later in the year, but. I don't know. I'm going to go back to him. I like, I think he's a quality racehorse. And then the other one is another Chad Brown horse who seems to be one of these late bloomers, Artorias, uh, listed at nine to two with Irad Ortez, the top jock in the Saratoga colony, uh, listed at nine to do at nine to two. And he's a, a son of Arrogate. And Arrogate obviously made a huge splash in the Travers. That was his kind of coming out Remember party it? as yeah, a late wow. bloomer. And I had money on Arrogate, so there's always a soft spot in my heart, even though it was for that cheating rat bastard Baffert. But um, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't care that he was cheating as long as you cashed. Uh, now, and, of and, course. And this should be a, a very appealing box to you, Defoe, because yeah. it includes the numbers five. And seven. Which is Artorias and seven, early voting. And, of course, your birthday, July 5th. Yes. So we've got the seven and five in there, your two favorite numbers. You've also got the one in there. Um so I'm going to do a one five seven twenty dollars exact box and just hope wow. Epicenter runs up the track. However, I will do one more thing, and probably do a, a five dollars saver try try key using uh, Epicenter six over the one five seven. So it'll be a total investment of one hundred fifty dollars into the race. Let's see what happens. Jeez. Uh, my routine box is uh, the one five six seven fifty cent tries, and then um, the five six seven come back over the top. And then hope the 7-5 exacta comes in if I was just going to play uh, numbers. But uh, unfortunately, as I've told you many times and said on the air many times, I mean, uh, on 
she may have been, uh, you know, uh, just listening to the last words she could comprehend from me. But I did tell my mother, hey, ma, why couldn't I have been born on another day? Because I've been playing at 7-5 my whole life. And it's been a disaster for the most part. <laughs> tell you what, baby mama Michelle was born on a good day. She was born on January 24th. And you'd be yeah. surprised how many times the one, two, four. The box one, two, comes four. In, yeah. And I just can't bring myself to vote on it, uh, to vote. To, Why? Because uh, you divorced her? I mean, yeah, she no, was just... the mother of your child. As a... I, You know what? Sometimes I can, but I usually <laughs> like it's one of those things. It's like when you bet belly, he would be up the track. When you didn't bet belly, he'd be, you know, running and winning by 10. Same thing with the one, two, four box. Anytime I do the one, two, four box, forget about it. And then I well, and, and betting other people's numbers never works. Yeah, like like whenever you bet somebody else's numbers, even though they win on them all the time, like uh, Jersey Kyle had a thing with the one six six one. Well, I'm a uh, I'm a. And anytime 17th. I played it, I lost. Right. So and, yeah, and every gotta, time he plays it, he wins, and, and it pays enormous amounts of money. Just you got to stick with your own dates. And again, yeah. my birthday is June seventeenth, so I usually do the six one seven one six seven box, which tomorrow yes. would be including epicenter. So watch, you know, I got to probably do a one six seven box. You might have to rethink your whole buck twenty there. Yeah. Got, you know what? I'm so fucked up right now. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're on a losing streak, you can talk yourself into a lot of uh, other losing, uh, you know, bets and propositions and, and wagers pops. and things like that. I'm sweaty. Hey, and I got a rag on you because I sent you the text last night. The Sun Sentinel um, is running the sale, digital subscriptions. Yeah, two fuck. years for eighteen dollars. The price of a three dollar. Is that the Sun Sentinel or the, the New York Post? Post. You, no, you, that's the Sun Sentinel. I oh, because, oh, I thought it was the Post. No, because Defo. I mean, look, you can get it for less a, than that, Mike Mayo. It's a buck. We, we I think are, I sent it again, to you. Again, we, we, we have we're entering into a nice partnership with the Sun Sentinel, the fine yeah. folks that created the Let's Eat South Florida group, along I with should me. Should support and, them. Yeah, I think you should support them. I'll. I did you know, for if, many years, though. I, I did subscribe for many, many years. Because for two years, Sun just think of this: two years for eighteen bucks, you could read all the Dave Hyde columns that you I don't want. like reading stuff online. I really all don't. The, oh I, I'm not a fan of it, even if I'm. How sitting much in do a you computer. pay for your print New York Post subscription? A ton, man. It's like a dime. I want to hear the number. It's almost a cost as if you had uh, gone out to the newsstand and bought one. I mean, you don't get that much of a discount. That, that's uh, and, not my answer. Uh, like for a full year, you're paying. Probably oh, I, like, I don't know. Yeah, what is it? So let's say it was two bucks a copy. Uh, you know, you're talking you're fourteen seven, bucks a week. Yeah, seven seven sticks a year. It's like seven hundred dollars yeah. a year. You know, but uh, of course, uh, you know, it's it's a giant write off for me. And and you won't fork over like a sawbuck for the sunset for the home. It's just that right? I, I don't read a lot of stuff online. I hate clicking on stuff. I don't like reading. I'm not like Luby. I, right. I can't like you watch a game what? on you, my phone. I, I don't. I don't me. like that. I had a respect me. for you. I wasn't. <laughs> going to eat on your show on the defo show this morning but now you've left yes. me no what, what do you have to, what do you to have finish left? off the this? italia the prosciutto di parma with mozzarella cheese and some yeah. nice tomato this is the leftover from il paisano yesterday and what, what was the my... over under a number of sandwiches that you would consume in this uh, month uh, different sandwiches and we're on with gail uh gail capas uh, of course uh, of uh, la spada's fame for next mm. wednesday all right this melts like a dream. It's just like a... What is that? I mean, what is this uh, hideousness you're... Prosciutto, uh, prosciutto. You know, prosciutto de parma. Yeah. It's a nice, right. you know, the, the aged ham. Yeah. Right. It, it looks like, like it came right off the streets of Italy there. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Their stuff's like great. That place is amazing. Yeah. And they don't mess around, good. too. There, there were some people uh, that were making, uh, you know, the... Uh, what is the, uh, the Italian sandwich again uh, called? Uh, the... Uh, the uh, whatever they call the, it. The uh, Italian... No, no. I mean, it's like a common name out there for the uh, sandwich. Um, and, uh, the, it escapes the, me right now. 
And people are uh, happy there at lunchtime. They said they have tongue, so I'm going to go out there and get a little lengua, as they say. Dynamite the chicken noodle shop. soup, too, Pompadour. Yeah, that place is great. Chicken noodle soup. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to a lot more eating. And then Tuesday, we're going to do a remote show from Top Round Roast Beef, uh, sub, uh, roast beef Sandwich Shop in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Dave Chesal is the owner. Dave is a great guy. He also comes from a Jewish deli background, so he does a bunch of deli sandwiches besides the burger um, and the roast beef he has all kinds of stuff it's a great it's a great little shop if you've never been in there it's down all right we're right gonna now, check so. it all out all right mike Mayo's lunchbox 12 o'clock today where's the place again brusky 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 cider works somewhere in pompano i'll send you the address depot and i'll give you 18 dollars to sign up for the sun sentinel because uh, you know you're getting robbed there though because uh, they have a deal for six months for a buck yeah, but two years, two years, like because after the six well, months, my, for a my buck, math, I don't know, Mister uh, Exact, to figure out uh, calculator. But you can't uh, keep doing like, this uh, four bucks si- for two years. Yeah, but you can't keep doing. Oh, it. you can't keep start, doing it. Then they I charge see. you twelve dollars oh, a month. Oh, okay. That. So, so I, you'd rather City. lock in the two years because let's face it, default at the end of two years, you might not be here. Oh Jesus Christ! It's possible. Yeah, that's a nice way of looking at it, Mike Mayo. <laughs> no, that was terrible. Jerk off. That was a cheap shot. <laughs> I think uh, I got more than two left. I, I you really got do. Time. I, no, I'm, 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 I'm putting the number. We'll see you at twelve. You are, you are healthy. You are definitely. I'm, I'm putting your over under right now. Like plus. Plus minus 14 and a half. I his longevity in my family. I'll that, that, plus minus 10. Good news. I'll go over yeah. And he 10. takes his walks and he eats well. He's not like me. Nah, the damage, uh, no, was uh, done by cocaine in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and then a subsequent bout with a uh, similar addiction. Uh, not, not, I don't know if I looked at it as an addiction. It was just something that I like to do. But, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, came again, uh, kind of a rebirth of that whole thing in the, in the late 90s. And it was like, uh, okay, enough of that, right? Nice. When the guy pronounced my heart as uh, being 100% good uh, the last time I got checked out by a doctor. That's, that's all you want to hear. Well, no, I, I laughed at him. I, I immediately <laughs> questioned his credentials as a heart guy. There he was went no to way. Trump University no, Medical no, School. No, no way that was by. He went to the University of Guam, this guy. <laughs> All right, Michael. We'll uh, catch we'll you later you. at this uh, place. I'll see you later, later on. Man. Have a great day. Oh, next week we got to do the uh, big over-under bet on the Dolphin yes, season with a uh, dinner at Anthony's wow. riding on it. The number is still eight and a hook for this yes, season. Yes, we're going with eight I believe so, yeah. We're going, we're going to give you your choice on that. You, you pick yeah. it either way. I got to look at the schedule. I got to uh, crunch my numbers and uh, talk to uh, various people, and Chris Perkins, Dave Hyde, Mark Lawrence, and uh, see what's going to happen. What's what? Uh, you hate Stephen Ross, though. So, uh, you know, I, I would think that would be enough to influence But I love Mike under. McDaniel. And Tua, eh, I don't know. I, I, I like Tua. Like I, I, I think Tua. he's all right. Yeah. We're going to see what he's able to do with Tyreek Hill. But if he can't connect with Tyreek Hill and it turns out to be like a bust, that's oh, going to be yeah, no, that's going to be a big problem, no question. All right. All right uh, we'll see you at uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He'll be screaming for Bridgewater by week number two. Mike Mayo, ladies and gentlemen, the gambling gourmet. Later on, uh, Senator Patrick Leahy joins us on our Believe podcast. So yes, check sir. that out. And uh, that uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. He's got a book out about his memoirs. And a guy's been uh, senator since 1974, Luby. How is yes, that possible? Sir. Uh, I don't know if that's Demi good. <laughs> I don't know if it's good, to be brutally honest. <laughs> he's a Democrat, so he's uh, okay with me. Yeah, I mean, right? Yes. Got to have. Uh, we'll ask him what he thinks about the modern day Republican as compared to uh, back in the day, right? When old uh, Dwight D was around. All right. Uh, <laughs> have a good weekend, one and all. Everybody, enjoy yourselves. Uh, you know, great show. having everybody on the show today. The professor. Uh, of course, uh, Mark Lawrence, earlier the Greek, who, who's had a nice run here in the preseason. And uh, Mike Mayo, the Gambling Gourmet. From Mike Lou, we live with some Jeff DeForest. We'll see you next time as we're leaving on that. The time. Ilya Park, open till 5 today.
in the morning. It's 9.03. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what they've done to my show.